A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty guys, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. This is Rob. Today on this episode, I will be bringing on John from at MLB Moving Averages. I have been following John for a little over a year now through his work on Twitter and at The Athletic and now FTN. John is someone I connected with immediately because he was from Brooklyn and uh, that, you know, through and through, I connected with his personality, his enthusiasm, and I just realized we're talking to him on the side that he's just a genuine person who really cares about helping you figure out how to best um, go forth in fantasy baseball and through handicap um, if you're looking to bet. Um, John's just someone who pours his heart out and his energy out through his work, and it, I'm really, um, I really like that. He really shows how much he cares about helping everybody and how much he cares about putting out a great product. So. Um, with that being said, let's go ahead and listen to what John had to say in this episode. Thank you, guys. And if you like what you're listening to, please rate, review, subscribe on Pull Hitter Podcast on any form that you're listening to the podcast in. And that just goes a long way in helping everyone find the podcast and letting everyone know about anything that you feel is helping you through these podcasts. Maybe it could help other people. So once again, I appreciate everyone listening. And here we go. I'm talking now with Johnny L. from at MLB Moving Averages. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. Uh, this is Rob DiPietro. I'm here today with MLB Moving Averages. John, how are you doing today, my friend? Oh, man, dude, I have to take a deep breath because you know me. I'm always in sixth gear. I am coming out of my chair as always. And, you know, I, I, I told you I was going to do it. The very first thing, Rob, big ups, bro. Big congratulations for you on Draft Champions. Me and you kind of became, you know, you were a follower. Then you kind of became a friend, right? And then we started right. talking about stuff and you were following Cork stats and I was following you. I was on your tail most of that season. I was on your tail in that draft champions contest. I got up as high as 12th overall. 
And as I sputtered, you took off, man. Congratulations, bro. Number one is no, I don't care. This, this is very important. I think this is pertinent to our conversation today. People are out there demeaning the 60 game season. And this is something that you and I just spoke about before. You work within the system in front of you, you play within the rules and a win is a win. Okay. Yes. A 60 game is not 160 games. I, 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 it really upset me because I would have been one of the first people. Oh, because, and I told you this off air too. Yeah. I kind of felt like I had a reason to complain. I had a couple of young additions that I thought were going to make some noise down the stretch. Ian Anderson, Framber Valdez, notably, but that's it. So what, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't get that. No, you don't deserve it. It's not demeaned at all. Dude, congratulations on a 100% win. Thank you, bro. I really appreciate that. I feel the same way um, for anyone who won any type of championship. Uh, you know, they played for a World Series uh, title and uh, team won it. And that's it. That's, that's, that's what I'm rolling with. I really appreciate it. I know I started listening to you and following your work. Um, and I instantly felt a connection to you, not only for the Brooklyn style, but I just felt everything you brought to the table. I was reading everything you were writing on The Athletic. Um, and it was just, um, you know, it's just real great content. And I always felt like when I listened to your podcast, I felt like I felt the genuineness. I felt your love. I felt your passion right through, you know, you. And um, that was huge for me because it's like a connectivity thing. I instantly said, wow, like, I, you know, I love this. I love this guy. I love this content because, you, you know, you feel it. It's, I love the energy, man. It's really... I'm, bl I'm blushing. I'm blushing. Well, the energy is, is legit. The energy yeah. is real, man. The energy is real. I bring it every day. The passion is, is legit. And, I, you know, really, I think, it's, I think it's, it's part of the formula. I think it's part of what helps to win, right. you know, right. to really care about it. And, and it's a passion. And I don't feel... I don't... How about this? Somebody with my equal skill set at fantasy baseball that lags in passion, I don't think can compete with me. Right, because right. It, it's think about what you just said. You know, it was so easy for you to say you're following different types of media. You know, different medium of content. You're following audio, but you're also reading articles. That's a passion. It doesn't happen by accident. You know, when it right. translates into, into winning, not always, but at the same time, I I kind of feel like I had somewhat of a miserable fantasy season. Because of the way my NFBC stuff kind of shook out. But I ran my home league wire to wire. You know, I made a bunch of money betting on fantasy. And, like, I, I, I did decimated these best ball leagues. Man, I am like, I got to get a 50-50 best ball tattoo on my back somewhere. Because those, <laughs> I am, I just been crushing those. And, again, what? It's a, you know, it's a, it's not an accident. You're not going to, I man, I, I hate, it's not sound braggadocious, but listen, numbers and numbers, they are what they are. I think I cashed in over 85% of those. Wow. Uh, awesome. Because I know we have a little segment later on I want to talk about. And, and, and it's That's the construction. Great. No, it, it's not by yeah. accident. That was not by an accident at all. You right. know, there was no luck involved there. You know, yeah, of course, there's little elements of luck that go into an, a result. But of course. That but kind the of process, sample, the approach, yeah. right? Yeah. That yeah. kind of sample over that kind of time. And now it's multiple years, too. I've just been rocking these things along. Now that I've been covering them, and I've been pulling the curtain back a little bit. I wonder if I'm letting people kind of catch up. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about your life path and how you, how you got to this, you know, moment of you doing content and cork stats and all that, because I'm so, you know, I'm so into that. I love to hear people's stories about how they right. became. Yeah, I noticed that. You know? 
Yeah, because yeah, I'm into that. I want to know about the person. Like, I, you know, obviously I want to know about your approach and, you know, how you play, but I want to know about the uh, people I'm talking to and the people I'm reading Twitter all the time and reading their articles. Yeah. I like to know about them a little bit. I, yeah, I, you know what? It, it's funny because I, I uh, man, maybe it's being from Brooklyn. Uh, you know, there's such, an, there's such a wide variety of people and interests that you can be into all in the same place. So I was always that kind of person. I'm very versatile. And it sounds weird, but it shows in even like the music I listen to. You know, like I literally listen. When people say listen to everything, they're like, I literally listen to everything. Like I got show tunes, bro. I got New York City hardcore going on. I got, I got gangster rap. I got classical music. I'm listening to Chuck Mangione. I'm, I'm cracking out, man. No matter what it is, I got something for the mood. And that's kind of my thing, you know, that when I'm involved in something that I care about, I put myself in 100%. So I was always really very much a nerd. I kind of went to specialized schools and stuff like that. But man, I was a bad kid also. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's what I'm saying. I didn't want to feel I had to be boxed in. The kids that I was going to school with didn't care about going out and fighting and being with girls and uh, hooking up and doing crazy shit. And the guys that I was hanging out with at nighttime didn't care about getting good grades in the future. Right. But I did uh, care about all that stuff. So right. I slept less and did it all. And that's always been kind of my claim to fame, man. I just... I never stop working. You know, that's I never a, stop working. That's a bonafide first round pick from Brooklyn. You like you 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 took both worlds and you're like, I could be, I could be everything. I, I want you know, to and, right, and, right. <laughs> but this, but this, you wanna here's, here's a personal note now that I'm old and whatever I really like, to give you an idea of, of the kind of versatility I'm talking about. So I got a full academic scholarship and a f- B felony arrest in the same month. <laughs> so, so we're talking about the same month. Uh, somebody offered me, you know, over $100,000 in free education while simultaneously the state of New York was looking to lock me up for 15 years. You know, it's a long fucking time, man. Long time. So just to give, you know, which I, again, I don't mean, uh, uh, man, it's weird because now I have kids and my family. I'm totally settled down. Dude, I'm a Disney dad for real. I really am. I'm a straight up mush now. God bless, but man. When I talk about this stuff, I'm not embarrassed. These are, that's my past. Those are my choices and some I regret, but they all brought me to where I am today. Hot, smoking hot wife, two beautiful kids, cash in my pocket. I live comfortably. I'm happy doing things that I love. So whatever, I'm not going to be shy, you know, because some people, oh, why would you? No, it happened. You know what I mean? I'm me. It happened. And if you don't like it, whatever. You can hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. I really don't care. I love it. So I got into, um, I was always in kind of specialized schools, but I got an offer from a friend of mine to get into a trade union. Um, New York City Electrical Union, you know, man, it's a lot of money in that. And it's yep. a, and it's, it's great to have a trade, you know. And it was funny at the time, which is funny, this also balance at the time is also studying to get onto Wall Street. Okay. So I have a long uh, background as a political kind of reading lots of history. And that kind of took me into trading markets and stuff. So at the same time that I'm like in school and getting into kind of brainiac stuff, I was also kind of getting into physical stuff learning. I ended up taking the cash because of some family stuff that I kind of left college, I had no choice, and I pursued the trade route. You know, so I kind of took that, whatever. And to anybody listening out there, younger people, I I don't regret that. Part of me, yeah, wishes I had chased the education all the way, but there's time for that. And I I don't think I could go back and learn the trade now the way I did. Right. So, and I think what I'm getting at is, is really part of me, and it's having different approaches at the same time. Always looking for income streams. You know, you may have a beautiful income stream as an electrician. and In a snap, you could get hurt and it's gone. Right. So 
while I was out of work as an electrician, you know, there's an inherent unemployment, you know, as a tradesman yourself. Um, you could choose to put your feet up and get drunk and spend the money you made, or you could <laughs> teach yourself something else to do. Yeah, so absolutely. I decided I wanted to also become a professional trader. And I took that and I ended up opening up a, uh, a futures trading company um, that's now uh, gone. But, you know, to show you that, like, I really went after it. It wasn't just like I was in my, in my room. Right. So you bal- I'm balancing trading. I'm balancing physical work while I'm continuing my education. I ended up getting hurt. And rather than be, it was a pretty, it was a pretty serious injury, you know, major spinal surgery. And, uh, you know, rather than feel defeated because your body feels defeated, but it's one of those things like, you know, you could, you could imprison my body, but you can't imprison my mind. Right. So while I was like literally in braces, unable to move, I'm dictating script and working on my moving averages formulas, you know, thinking about ways that maybe I could combine all of the different things that I love in a way that they haven't been previously applied. And I mean, you know, when you look at um, stock trading, which, uh, man, uh, again, if there's young guys, girls out there listening, learn this stuff. Learn it now. You don't have to put your cash. That's the thing. All these misnomers. Let me tell you, the, the media structure and inf- uh, education system in this country is, is awful. Learn from people who know. Learn directly from experts, regardless what school they went to or if they're on TV. I'm telling you, man, learn the things you're into. You follow those things and you may find, wow, I have an opportunity to make a supplemental income. Now you have a secondary income and now you could work on something else and those things build. And that's why me like, man, I haven't worked in a bit and we're kind of working towards financial independence. You know, I, I just, I have so many different things going on. There's businesses, there's trading, there's this, there's that. I gamble, I bend fantasy or, you know, the sports stuff is just a, a piece of my, a piece of the pack. And that's another thing I want to give to people that even if you're considered a know-it-all with baseball or some kind of resident expert, like some people may refer to me as, I don't have all my eggs in that basket. Right. So I combine these things, you know, and you end up taking trading indicators and the theories, you know, trading is a subjective art. And I think you'd agree. So is fantasy baseball, right? We have lots of numbers, but how are they applied, right? You can't just take a number and draft that guy. There's so many different layers of calculations and your own calculus that go into it. And it's the same for stock trading. And then before you know it, you know, I kind of made this conglomeration of the two. I tried to interweave them together as much as possible. This is a couple of years ago. And, you know, since then it's been, man, it's been wildly successful. And I guess other people are picking up what I'm putting down because we're talking just about a, maybe a year and a half ago, I was an anonymous handle with zero followers. And 11 months later, I'm writing for the most prestigious baseball paper in the country. So another one out there for any of you, anybody out there that feels like it can't be done, you can't do it, I don't know anybody, listen, no excuses here. None. No excuses. Embrace your failures. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's funny, I know we're we're now morphing in the weeds about all this like theoretical Tony Robbins self-improvement stuff, but it really is the truth. Before you lay the first bet, before you pick your first pick in the draft, you should have a, a, a set mindset of, what these things mean to you, what your goal is for this specific task. And then even more so, if it pans out in a certain manner, will you will go from there, you know? So always right. have my eyes upfield, not to bring football. I know there's no, no football references allowed on baseball <laughs> podcasts. I know how that goes. But, you know, you got to keep your eyes upfield and 
Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Don't sell yourself short. Let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something, Rob. Before I got picked up at the Athletic, I had three different places offer me a spot there, and they were offering me all God's pay. And I said, I'm better than that. I'm not pointing anybody out. You just know who you are. And look at me. I made it, baby. You know, Adrian, we did it. And it's, <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah. Don't, right. know don't your worth. sell yourself out, man. No, right. bam. Know your worth. And you know what? Don't be discouraged. I spent a year. Man, you look back. I put out a swath of information. Not thinking that anybody cared. Not knowing if anybody referred to it. Not knowing if anybody even read it. Not paying attention to any of that stuff. That stuff is all sizzle. It's not the steak, man. You know, right? We're in, we want the bona fides. We want to produce, man. This world, unfortunately, a lot of it is about money, Rob. And, right. you know, if you got a wife or a girlfriend out there, boyfriend, whatever, if you're spending time on hobbies, it helps if they bring in money home, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. So in a nutshell, man, that's me. This motor that runs at six gear, always thinking about money, always thinking about my family and whatever it takes to get there. And you know what? God bless that you said that because um, I feel like that perfect harmony works for me as well. You know, having a great wife and having a good family, just, you know, great friends, just being able to, you know, you need that other part of life, you know, like I'm at the beach in the summer because I'm by the Jersey Shore. I'm hiking, you know, like I'm not spending all my time doing baseball, which I would love to, but you need that balance. And I think you really nailed it right there because it really helps. You you know what they say? And again, you'll, you'll hear me kind of, you know, put out these market adages, but they really do perfectly apply. And it's like, if you spend all your time staring at the stock market in five minute intervals, Mm -hmm. you're going to miss the big move. Mm. Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Oh, and you can get whipped for it. You're chasing, you're chasing, you're chasing, you're chasing. Sometimes close the laptop. That's it. Shut it down. Right. Step away. And, and this is something, again, man, this is funny how trade, uh, physical trades also work their way into this. And I'm sure this has happened to you before. You get really frustrated with something that you know you've done a million times before. You just spent 25 minutes. You can't get it done. It's driving you nuts. And if you walk away and come back the first time, whoop, done. Yeah. What we go, uh, what we like to do. Coffee. Yeah. You walk <laughs> But you, you walk, walk away. away. Yes, you walk Just away. Just walk away. Just walk away. Just walk away. Absolutely. I and then told- you come back with the clarity, ready to work. You know, so this is something else I'm constantly preaching because I really, I'm a hard work guy. Like, that's my thing, bro. Mm-hmm. You're not, not you, you're not outworking me. If that was in your plan, then you better find more time to work. <laughs> but more so than working hard is, man, I spend so much time on the efficacy of my own work. You know, I spend a lot of time. Um, I believe it's an Abraham Lincoln quote, but, you know, don't misquote me. But the idea is, if you gave me five hours to chop down a tree, I spent four hours sharpening the axe. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, I like get that. Your tool, get your tools right. Right. Get yourself in a position. Like, you know, uh, union electricians, oftentimes we carry the moniker for kind of being prima donnas. All right, fine. Why? Because when you give me a task, the first thing I do is clean the area. Then I lay out everything I want to do because I come up with a mental plan and perhaps even physically draw it out. And then I execute it perfectly. I'll carry no shame for that, my friend. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. My process is my own. And for me, I'm telling you, dude, uh, you know, we're in the process of it right now. And for me, I, I live in sixth gear. I can easily get scrambled. So 
Um, I've been surprised how people are already putting out baseball work for 2021. Because for me right now, I'm collecting all the data, right? I'm collecting all this data. And if we were to look at it as a sculpture, again, to use a tool analogy, right now, I still have a sledgehammer out, right? I have a giant boulder and I'm kind of lopping off giant segments of it. Yep. Where I feel like when you're putting out specific content, you should have that little ding, 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 the little Keebler elf tools out. And I'm not ready for that yet. So what I suppose I put this up to cover my own Turkish, you know, my own arse the other day. And I was like, don't ask me too many specifics about players because I'm not really there yet. Right. And again, not ashamed, not ashamed. I'm seeing people do it. I don't feel forced to have to do it. I'm doing it at my own pace. I feel like I have something really, really awesome for 2021. The boys at FTN have kind of, yo, man, this guy, Kevin Adams, is the best. If you're not following these guys at FTN, they're oh, really good at a, yeah. a lot of free stuff, too. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, people Absolutely. get caught trying to shill. I think the pay product is awesome. But check out the free tools. And a lot of times I think, I think what a company will make available for free portends the quality of stuff behind the wall. You know what? I think that's a great, that's great. Yeah, and, and you nailed it because, you know, I know I was, I was reading uh, Maddie Wood's um, fab articles, right? And, um, you know, and football, I'm, again, we're not going to really get into football, but you, you know, I know they have the, I've been using it for the air yards tool and all that. that oh, ex- and, and that's huge because you can't get that anywhere without oh, paying. I, let me cut you off. I'm so glad you brought that up. What FTN has done with the free availability of football tools I am going to try and bring to baseball for 2021. So awesome. Kevin has kind of, Kevin has put me on that task force, let's say of, so that's what I'm working on now is again, I'm very regimented. I'm very organized because I feel like you need to be right. because, and this is something where I think we're going to get to, because I've been listening to your, your previous ones, like um, with Ryan and the, uh, the, the Mayberry method, you know, mm-hmm. like, so, which I love, man, it's been really great. I, I love that I'm seeing things that I've thought of and now having smarter people like say that it's, it's been done. It kind of validates you. Like, I'll tell you what, I thought I was out in the weeds. I'm not going to take credit for it, but I was doing something similar to baseball savant now has an expected ERA. Yes. And I've been doing that for years and I didn't even know it was the same thing. It's the same thing. I was, you know, the thinking, and again, to speak to those people that are trying to get into it or think they may have something to add to the industry. You may don't dude. Derek Carty, Alex Chamberlain, objective geniuses. Right. These guys are freaking geniuses. Right. That doesn't mean that they have it all covered. They'll be the first to tell you and I'll do you one better. They're excellent guys and they'll help you. So if you look at my Twitter DMS, Derek Carty, Alex Chamberlain, they're right in that list. Speak to these people. And I, right. I did. And it was funny going back. I had said like, um, as Statcast develops, which I think is, I mean, it's changing the way, it's changing the way baseball is understood from an analytical right. standpoint. I love the way and, you put that. Yep. Uh, oh, and I, uh, me, because I'm kind of like a ball breaker and like a horn twister. I like the pressure it's putting on the old guard. The yeah. old <laughs> broadcasters are now feeling pressured to either get along. You better foot. Listen, let me tell you something. You better figure out what we're talking about because I put on some of those broadcasts and you hear them going, uh. You could see him try and get under the launch angle 
uh, and you're like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. Don't that's you? why. That's why I tweeted that out and I tagged you in it because yep. I was like, I would, I would rather hear Johnny L right now yep. telling me, tell, telling the world how it is. You know. I think yeah. so. I think those guys now have felt the pressure, and and you've seen it because ESPN has run those uh, Statcast broadcasts. Yes. So we're getting somewhere. We're getting yeah. somewhere. And yeah. listen. So again, to those people, push, 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 push the market. What I was getting at with the stats was. I thought about quality of contact and how important that is. Right. And thought, wow, if, if you could tell me the expected outcome, then I could probably tell you the expected or run average. Right. And look, I was in front of that market. You know, again, I wish I had kind of published it. I, I knew I was sniffing up the right tree. You mentioned the stuff I did at The Athletic. One of them was hard minus soft rate. And, yes. Yes. I like and that again, one. right, in, intuitively, that is the simplest thing imaginable. I took the hard percentage rate that everybody's had and I took the soft percentage rate that everybody's had and combined them into a very similar to K-minus walk, which is something I spoke about in the article that K percentage tells you something and walk percentage tells you something. K-minus walk percentage is really a great stat. Now, you, of course, you need everything, but it's very, very, very descriptive. And then, like I said, I found the same thing with hard minus soft. I couldn't – now, it's funny – if there are any math geniuses out there that want to help me figure it out, like I think I even stumped some of the resident geniuses because <laughs> I know, well, I know that I found the relationship because, so what I did was I ran hard minus soft and then I ran the leaderboard okay. and then I took groupings of 10, one through 10, 11 through 20, 21 through 30, all the way down the board and took those ERAs, right? Mm -hmm. Not once, not one time does the ERA go down as you move down the leaderboard. Meaning the people with the best hard minus soft had the best ERA without exception once you put them in buckets. Because of course, ERA is a bit wonky. So there right. are going to be individual exceptions. But across the board, there was not a single grouping of 10. Not one. Not one. So I knew that I, I, knew that I had hit something there. And it, yeah, that I kind of added something to the industry here. You know, I like how you said, like, it was intuitive for you, right? You know, it wasn't like a forced, um, you know, like dive. It was something that you yep. said, oh, wow, you know, this, that's totally makes sense. It's too simple thing. You know, like you said, yeah, yeah, I, I like well, that. Right, think of it, I, the way I put it was, I thought of it this way. In, in really terms of, of general theory, because now a lot of time, you know, I, listen, I love the advanced stats, but again, you got to be careful because sometimes they can, I don't want to say mislead you, but they can maybe misrepresent the events because of all the other variables. Right. You know, you got, you, you just got to really be, you just got really got to be careful. But what I do know, what I do know for a fact is uh, removing bunting, a hitter is always trying to hit the ball as hard as possible. Right. And a pitcher is always trying to limit hard contact down to zero, a swing and a miss. So these are, these are essentially absolutes in the game of baseball. Absolutely. And so if we have absolutes, I felt like that was a good benchmark. So now if, I, if you tell me the player that limited hard contact the most, but also induced the most soft contact, so you'd be looking for the lowest hard minus soft, is a, is a very useful metric as far as um, quality of contact goes. Now, again, Absolutely. I want there, there were obvious, obvious, obvious um, outliers, Shane Bieber being one of them. Yeah. And it can go to show you where some of your work can get you in trouble. No, listen, no matter how you slice quality of contact, Shane Bieber did not look good. Right. Now, granted, very smart people who were into him 
Um, like I know Dave is very big into him and he mm-hmm. was proven right. Now, again, I didn't take an anti-Bieber stance. I was choosing Flaherty over him in the same spot. I don't know if I re- – okay, Bieber was so good that I have to take a loss. But I don't feel like Flaherty got the opportunity to show us. Right. Whether or not he was the true ace, right? Mm-hmm. The Cardinals were all up and down. They messed with his usage and stuff. So, again, I'm not, I'm not, trying, to, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, apologize for not being on Bieber. Because I did have him in some spots. Like, if I was at the, the back end of the second round and mm-hmm. he was the starter that left, yeah, I was taking Shane Bieber. I liked him over Kershaw and I liked him right. over Snell and guys that were going in that range. Right. So, it's not like I'm against these guys, but the point being – I felt like I had this really cool new thing. Oh my God, like I discovered this thing. Sometimes you have to say, okay, there are going to be outliers, you know? Right. Yeah, they will. They will right. be. Another... And look, Bieber, how good was Shane Bieber, you know? Jeez. Oh, I know. He was phenomenal. And Dave, Dave from Rotosaurus, uh, the high heat steak guy, they, they were totally on him there, you know? And at first, cause I started talking to Dave as well early in the season when he was um, on Bubba's podcast the first time. And, you know, and I was like, Oh, you know, he, he, a different kind of uh baseball mind and approach that. Oh, um, I loved it. He did. Right. Right. hundred percent. Sharp as nails and his style though. It, it rubs people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Those people need to change. Yeah. Those right. are the people that need to change. He does not need to change. Right. He, he is winning and he's showing you what it takes to remove subjectivity in 100%. order to achieve a goal. Right. And that's last time I checked, that's pretty much the name of the game. You know, and and you get into other things like which content creators push winning and which are trying to make you feel warm and fuzzy. I try and I try and kind of play that whole line. Like I know people are not coming to me for the feel goods, but I try and get some laughs in there and I try and, you know, just put myself out there totally. And sometimes I'm really kind of brash and I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm very nice. You know what I mean? I am, I, cause I am very understanding because it's, man, I love all these lessons, Rob. I love this conversation. It's gone already. Um, uh, another lesson for, for people is you gotta, there's, there's this very thin line between confidence and arrogance. Mm-hmm. And you need to not be afraid of crossing it. Okay. Right. You don't want to blow past it, which I admittedly do sometimes, but you should not, it should not be part of your thinking that like, oh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to come off as arrogant. No, that's right. fine. Come off as arrogant sometimes. Because some people that saw you as arrogant, some people are going to say, yo, that, I, I respect that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, yet, man, I, that's, that's been a big thing for me is I want to say, no, you're stupid. You're wrong. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that. You know, you don't yeah. do that. And you find, you find that it's probably more helpful to be, not to say to be noncommittal, but to understand that there's a lot of losing in this game. There's a lot yeah. of misses, right. you know, in this game. And, and it's really how you respond. So that's what I was saying before about embracing failure. You know, I'm not, I don't look for excuses why I was wrong and why, why, you know, you just say, I was wrong. You take it on the chin and you move, you know, you move forward. If your process was good, you don't right. correct it, man. Right. There yeah. have been times I've lose, I've lost 10 bets in a row. Everything's going wrong, bad bounces, errors. You know what I mean? It just is what it is, man. You know, bad calls, whatever it may be. I'm not going to undo 2000 hours of work because I got some poor results, you know, and I find people do that also, you know, people definitely do that. Um, Rage dropping is a thing, right? People, oh, without even looking, you just kind of drop these guys or you add guys without looking Mm. more deeply into it. The old recency bias, you know? Yeah, and context, man, context is king. It really is. Yeah, one of the things I think all these advanced stats have given us 
is a lot of context. Mm-hmm. But you got to be careful. Like one of the things I, I know that, again, man, there's so many great content providers. There is. That really is. They take, they take such a, a care of the industry. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're the arbiters of, of positive information. And one thing I was, I was thinking about is something like um, averages, right? So like average EV or like average launch angle. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see how StatCast for newbies can be misused and for you to right. say averages. Now, my pushback generally against the anti-average crew is that I absolutely use averages, but it's more to find the outliers. Meaning if you have an average that's in the middle, dude, it's garbage. But if your average exit velocity is in the top five percentile, that also I don't feel like it happens by accident. Right. So I think there is some stuff you're taking from. But yeah, averages is the big thing I'm seeing now. You know, listen, some home leaguers and stuff. It's funny. I've kind of inspired some of my home league guys to dude, they don't want to lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, if any of you guys are out there and listening, you guys know I love you, but I'm supposed to run that league wire to wire. You know, <laughs> we have a twelve we have a twelve team head to head points league. Okay. So like yeah, what ends up happening is like CBS ADP. I don't know if you've ever looked at it. Oh yeah. Oh, it's crazy, man. Crazy. It's crazy. Wonky. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. If you're particularly, and again, this is not to do this whole like, you know, uh, NFBC superiority, but I do encourage those outside of the NFBC uh, bubble to look at it. Step in. Don't be intimidated. A lot of nice people in there. Get your questions answered in the forums. You know, 100%. you can hit me up at Twitter anytime, any day. Same for Rob. It's sharper. Okay, um, uh, that's for me. Uh, we could argue that all day if we wanted to go back and actually try and correlate these things. I'm going to bet dollars to donuts. NFBC is a sharper market. Right. I learned that first thing in the main event, John. Like, and yeah. I know we discussed, you know, like, you know, how good it is. And it is being, and it's something that I wanted to jump into just to, like, you know, test my skills and also to learn. You know, I felt like I've discussed it before, but I learned more in that league losing than I did in my DC overall win. You know, I did. I did. I learned. I learned more from watching Rob Silver and and Phil Dusso like oh. work work the wire and and, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and how they drafted. And I said, oh, okay, like okay, <laughs> you know, to me, deep to me, what, you, what you nailed for people wondering, right? The the big difference with NFBC is, which I love, is they allow for offensive offensive swaps only on Friday, right. So that leaves for people, you know, it leaves a Monday through Thursday window and then a Friday through Sunday window. And if you think that anybody is like overlooking that, you are completely wrong. Um, Rob, you refer to Rob. Rob is one of my favorite analysts, man. And yeah. it was really great. We had him on, on turn two. He was on turn two with Matt Williams and myself. And man, me and him hashing things out was, it was I was like, I was like, man, I felt so cool being in the conversation that I felt like I was learning from. Rob is another guy, totally unapologetic and with good reason. He is, uh, he is very bright, man. Right. He's very bright. I tend to like his sense of humor. I know a lot of people, it bothers him. But again, that's a you problem, bro. That's a you problem. This guy's you know what, though? I think what you mentioned before, right, with personalities, being from Brooklyn, you know, I think it helps me understand. I'm not going to say get along with everyone, yeah. but I understand, I think, a, a really broad range of people. You do. Oh, this, no, you yeah. do. Right. It's just, it's just, you have to, because if you don't, you know, you, you as a young boy, you get swallowed up real quick, you know? Yeah, you're right about you that. You have to get along with Listen, everyone. Well, yeah, New York City is so integrated. Right. Race, religion, creed, 100%. gender, whatever. I, I gotta be honest, I don't, 
Rome for like I know uh, for some reason the Brooklyn Italians catch a bad rap for, not for being like ignorant. Uh, some of the most I, I, the people I'm surrounded by are are just some of the most open minded people there are uh, across the board, business right. to personal to culture. And you know that's another one very important. Be open, be open to other opinions. But now back back to what we were talking about specifically with mimicking the pros and watching right. them work. So mm-hmm. I haven't had the honor of watching Phil or Dave myself. I, if they're listening, guys, I'm very appreciative of the work and the, the I don't want to say the angle, like to make it sound like a wrestling thing, but I mean, but I, I just mean the perspective that they've right. brought, which is the player. Okay. So man, this is great, Rob. We're really getting into all this stuff that we were talking about. So the reason why I couldn't stay a nerd when I was younger is because I wanted to be in the arena. Mm. You know, I wanted to be in the arena, but also if you're just in the arena, I wanted to be had the headset on also yep you know yeah so i love what these guys are bringing in that these are like the 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 warriors right these are the gladiators these are the guys that have been in the high stakes arena kicking ass and cashing checks bro nonstop, and nobody really knew who they were and uh, 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 you know you can't blame me i'm part of the 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 twitter sphere you know what i mean i can only i can only know what you put in front of me Uh, so like, and I'm not going to comb through other NFBC leagues or the overalls and stuff. I don't really know about that stuff. Right. These guys, if you are not following these guys, you are doing yourself a tremendous disservice. And if you don't like the presentation, again, head to the final cabinet. It's under why, and that's a you problem. Yeah. That's yeah. a you problem, man. Sometimes great information comes from unsaved resources. Not to imply that they are, but I'm saying right. in general. Right. You know, right. in general, you can learn from people you don't like. Right. Okay, and I think that's another um, great lesson, especially we're that heading is. Into we're heading into the election. Not to bring that stuff up, but it really it transcends fantasy baseball, because I truly feel what makes me successful at as man also being able to juggle all these things, right? So I'm playing I'm playing tons of best ball. I have 20 draft and hold leagues. I do a little less season long because of my betting involvement during the weekend. Rob, totally you know, if you heard if you heard Cork stats at yeah. even once, totally, there's a lot of work that goes into that. I am highly prepared. Not to interrupt you, but no, the please, only, I must be, the, I have to be the only the only thing the only bad thing I have to say about you is that you talk too fast, <laughs> and that I usually do two times on all the podcasts, so at no. least one, at least one and a half. And you, I can't. You, I'm oh, like, God damn it, this no, guy's this guy's messing with my efficiency. Have, <laughs> yo, man, oh, I'm gonna have to timestamp this when I listen back and get. Um, one of the, uh, one of the guys that works at FTN, we joke about that all the time. And I used to tell him, if you put my podcast on two times, it's just a solid tone. I tell anyone right now, if you put John podcast on two times, you don't need any drugs to get you ramped up. (laughs) You know what? You'll feel that. I felt like that's what happened. That's what happened. The first time I listened to your podcast, the rest of my day, I was going your speed, like nonstop. And I'm like, what happened to me? What just happened to me? You know what I'm loving? You're not, yo, Rob, you're not the only one to say that to me. And that makes me so happy. Not and, to, and like, you know I spend it, not to I, say that I sent you into a tizzy. No, just, no, because that's my brain too, John. Like right. I have that brain, but like it just, it was more. You know more. what I have it found? I have, I have actually found that man, this is, it warms my heart. I hate to talk about myself so much, but, but it's there. I have the receipts. People saying, wow, man, like my, my, my thought process is changing. Mm-hmm. And the, the way I've had people tell me like the way that they think critically 
has changed okay for the better wow and yeah. man i love that and because really in in my kind of crazy eccentric way that's what i'm doing on cork stats is you know if you notice right i'm i'm painting i'm painting those pictures you know we're combining we're combining um exit velocity with elevations eras plus expected you know it's a lot um, the word I often use is tapestry. You know, I, I kind of, maybe we could segue into our analysis, right? How we do analysis now. Cause I know that's what mine is. Mine, the main word that I have is tapestry. I try and weave this beautiful, like picture of a player. And I know it's subjective, right? But it's highly involved. And, and to that point and your other guests, I love, I loved Bloomy's take, right? So I'm, like, and I got, I have a thousand boxes up. And you talk to Bloom me. He takes a deep breath and he goes, he's a five, four, four. Right. And I'm going, you mother, are you kidding me? I just spent eight hours. Like, and you, you just, he looked at it and said, five, three, five. Right. Right. And I was like, rather than saying, oh, that's not complicated enough. I said, hold on. Take a breath. Let me figure out what I'm missing. And I was a, a, a simple, you mentioned this and I loved how you, you, you put it perfectly. A simplistic approach that's especially effective in the draft room. Right. So Rob, you, you help, you know, listen, I'm not beyond it. I help you. You, you, you help me. I, because I didn't understand. I'm thinking to myself, why are we breaking down five, four, four when I, I have six months right now? You know what I mean? It seemed, it seemed to oversimplify. Now, granted, I follow Ryan's work very closely, so I know he's far from simple. You know what I mean? I, right. He's very well researched, and he's right. extremely smart. I wasn't. I think he would agree. The beauty of the Mayberry method is its simplicity, right? So I, right. again, I don't want to come off like I'm, I'm not criticizing it because it 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 taught me, you know. And that listen, that's what I'm all about, man. That I and I said, right. wow, in a draft room. Because again, my tapestry, it, I can read it, but it's complicated. Right, right. You're you right. put it perfectly. What if yeah. you get sniped? Now, granted, because I kind of am like borderline OCD and I'm hyper competitive, I, I don't believe generally in getting sniped. I know as silly as that sounds, when I'm in the snake draft, I prepare six picks out mm -hmm. as a rule Yep. and make all six picks and really put myself really put the screws to myself and say, okay, if, if all my favorite guys go, so I'm already making that decision, but sometimes it goes auto pick, auto pick, auto pick, auto pick, auto pick. And now you might have 60 seconds where something like that. Oh, uh, it's brilliant in its simplicity. You know, that's exactly right. And that's um, one of the things that was the, one of the first draws to me about it when I first started using the Mayberry method. And then, um, you know, when Ron Chandler, uh, came out with Babs as a as it's an advanced yeah, neighbor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um I was just totally on it because like in that draft room, like you said, uh, I could just immediately pull up Can I ask you what I didn't hear in the thing is I was wondering where did Mayberry come from? I didn't hear him mention that. That was also Chandler, um Ron Chandler. Is it Mayberry like like the show uh Maybe. It's 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 named after the Mayberry village. Wait, Mer yes. Ed Griffin, Mer I don't even know what I'm talking about. God. I forget where where I, he I said know, he said May I think Mayberry was a town in a show. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, that's very, what it is. Uh, yes, I whistled yes. the tune. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like that's, that's right, 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 right. Okay. Right. Oh, so that was the idea. That's very funny. So the idea. Okay, that's great. I didn't know if that was the case. 
I was thinking that, and it was funny. I was afraid to like refer to it, and he's like, "You're an idiot." I grew up in Mayberry. You know what I mean? Or like, right? Mayberry right. is my brother-in-law's last name, and he helped me think of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? What yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's but, funny. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the that was the reasoning behind that, and then you know, yeah, I just love that system. For me, it works. I'm comfortable in it, you know. And when I'm trying to identify, you know a target and uh, I see that a couple of players are matched up with that guy with a similar, you know, and like we're saying, like the beauty of it is the simplicity, but like it's embracing that we're not per perfectly accurate in projecting everything, you right. know? So, and, and, and that's what I love yeah. about it. You know, you could also combine the two and the, right. you know, that would, that's right. my style. So that's it. Yeah. So what I want to, and this is for people that might be saying that's, Again, what happens is my style might be a little too advanced and that style may be a little too simplified or at least, you know, on the surface that I would think the best is to have the best of both worlds that I would want the Mayberry method standing side by side with my own tapestry to tell me who maybe I want to pull up and drag on the spreadsheet. Amen. And now, you know what I mean? So like now, That's exactly, now I have yeah. four guys that I was looking at right. next to each other. And I could see them all lined up and I could get a great idea of it. So again, you know, hundred percent open, right? Yeah. Be open to expanding that basket of tools. You know, your, your, your functions are. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah. right. That, that was, that was always my standard. I would always, you know, have the Mayberry and Babs to aid me in my personal, you know, valuation system and, you know, keep, keep, like you said, oh, I found John. Johnny's got this great stuff. You know, read Alex Chamber. Oh, he's got some great stuff. Listen to Toby on the podcast. He's got some great stuff. Like, you can never close yourself to any content because, like you said, there's amazing content guys out there right now. Everyone's yeah. pushing out great work. And if you can absorb as much as you can and extract what you think can help you, um, and like you said, it's part of the, it's part of the tapestry. I love that word now. I, I think I'm gonna start saying it too. Sure, it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing. But, you know, I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take uh, what ended up the 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 first article I did for them that quality start. Um, yes, yes. So this is what so I wanted to ask I, you about. I'm Tell gonna, me about. That. I'm gonna read. Okay, so so all right, yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's do it quickly. Obviously, a lot yeah. of people know. Listen, we're if we're in fantasy baseball, even if it's DFS or betting, right? We're in the business of identifying the best individual starts, dirt, 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 right? I didn't, you know, how dirt. Um, the problem though, it, right, is the, the industry as a whole seems to, and it's funny now because this industry that now has all of these stats for everything, every, dude, everything. Right. We lump like a hundred different outcomes as a quality start. And so my thinking started, um, again, back to that, it was a points league that rewards mm -hmm. points for a quality start. And it doesn't take much of a, you know, advanced player to say, that really wasn't a very good start. You're kind of getting points for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, um, you could start with the earned runs, obviously six innings and three earned runs is a 4.50 earned run average, which obviously is not impressive. And it's, it's, it's literally like in the middle. I think it, it fluctuates a bit every year. Right. But I but think it, it's about, let's, it let's bothers me because you could have eight walks too. Yeah. Right. right. And that's so, nothing quality about that. So let, let's call it, let's call, even call that the 50th, the 50th percentile. Okay. So then I started thinking like, okay, maybe, maybe six innings is the accomplishment. And I ran all those numbers. That's all in the article. I went back like three or four years and the thousand, you know, we're talking about 25,000 starts. Um, the number of six innings completed has gone down, but not greatly. And I also think it's just be accounting for the openers, which is now a thing. Right. So 
that also landed you near the 50th percentile. I think it was a shade under. So now let's say, let's say a pitcher goes out and gives you six innings, three earned. He gave you a 50th percentile in distance and a 50th percentile in earned runs. How can, I mean, just on its face, how can that be the standard for excellence? And the answer right. is it can't. It can't. So to go even further, that's why the stat has been completely discarded. Listen, you go ask any of the big dogs in, in you know, any of the Twitter personalities in high stakes. Go ask Draft Cheat. Go ask Vlad Sedler, Roto Gut. They could not tell you who leads the league in quality starts. Nobody cares because nobody uses it. Nobody uses it because it's not effective. Right. Why is it not effective? That's where I came in and said, wow, I know, I know we can change this. So the first thing, I wanted to move away from six innings, which I felt was not much of an accomplishment, towards seven innings, right? So if I gave you a stat that immediately implied seven innings, right off the bat, that's useful. Right off the bat, it's useful, you know, because that isn't done much. And we're not tallying this. We, we don't have a physical metric for this. I could not believe it. I had to go by hand through baseball reference because I'm not much of a I'm not much of a computer guy. I know how to put together some simple spreadsheets, but I don't know how to scrape custom data and sort out right. how to do that. Me too. 100%. I don't know how to do it. I, you know, so I went and physically did this. You know, wow. during God my off season. Yeah. I wanted to. I was so interested, man. I was so driven. Plus, I remember I was I, I again I had no associations at the time, and I thought maybe this idea would be the thing that helped me step up and not even a, a, a bravado type of thing that could help me make a mark in the industry. You know what I mean? Like I'm the guy that did this, this stuff's out there. It's not, I love that work hasn't been done. Awesome. The work hasn't been done. So I wanted to do it. I took it even further. I started comparing it to win rates and stuff, which is pretty interesting, but long story short, I ended up devising, um, you know, a couple tiers, right? So the, the, the top tier I called the money start. And yep. I just, Rob, we got to get this out in the open. I, I'm trying. I'm trying. I guess it took. It takes longer than I wanted to. You know what I mean? Right, like even right, if you look right. at look at brilliant stuff like the guys at Pitcher List, um, Alex, who is amazing, dude. What a great guy. Yeah. Um, yep. Great guy. Developed yep. CSW, which is now an industry standard. But it, it also took him. It took him some time. Right. So I'm hoping eventually I get this, and not for myself, for the people, for the players, for all the people that help me, for all the people I want to help. Um. So the money start. I found if we were to get down to a minimum of seven innings with a maximum of two earned runs, you create a totally new, it's a totally new metric. Right. You know, it, it, it's, it's a 100% new metric for, um, I don't want to say not evaluating for identifying these starts, right. And like how often, you know, maybe how often pitchers do it. And I, I knew it could be useful. And right. And Even that's the I money start, right? The seven inning and two runs is the money start. Yeah, seven right. inning and two runs is a money start. It's funny. I had to actually add a third tier because I was so into the seven innings being it. So I actually mm. have a, a, a quality start plus. So that's the tier underneath. And there is mathematical reasoning for it. Now, the quality start plus is, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, quality start plus is, I think, seven and three. Okay. So yeah, yeah, seven and three is a quality star plus. The earned runs are not really there, and it didn't really correlate to a high win percentage. And something like six innings and no earned runs, believe it or not, um, it's funny, and I think I explained it in your article, but six innings and no earned runs outside of going eight and oh, eight innings, no earned runs, is the highest win percentage. Wow. But no, it was funny. Yeah. That was kind of what I was leading to in the article. Like, yeah. does, does going an extra inning help your pitcher? You would assume yes. But what if your pitcher goes the extra inning but gives up the run? 
Right. And the answer there is almost no. And I think the answer, uh, this one again, I, I, don't, I don't even know how it research would really take a lot of work. But I think it's because if your starter goes 6-0, you get the meat of the bullpen. You know, you, mm-hmm. get, you get hold, hold, save. Right. You know, to oversimplify it. But I, I, back, to, back to the metric. So we put this out. So here I brought up, I, I did not run 2020 yet. I'm in the process of getting it done. But I am looking at 2019. And, man, it's something, you know, uh, here, let's look at, let me, let me look at it now on a, on a percentage base. Yeah. So, all right, guys, like, there was a guy, he, he kind of fell apart. So, again, it's to show you, even with good work, you make mistakes. But Mike Miner in 2019 was outstanding in this metric. He had 11 money starts in 32 tries. You know, so 35% of the time, this guy was going out and giving you seven and two. Yeah, that's great. That's a great, that's great. Yeah. You know, it's great. And I'm trying to, now I'm, it's funny, in 2019, a lot of these guys, yeah, well, Verlander got hurt and Flaherty COVID. So like, uh, man, this will be the next thing I think people are tackling is how do we apply this season? Man. Yeah, 2019 and the half of 2020. So I think I took us in the weeds to that. But to what you're saying about the, the quality start, just to wrap it up is, I'm going to be expanding on it and, and I'm going to be working on getting it out there because I think, I think it's really useful. I'm super And I'll do you one better sneak peek is the new version is also going to include strikeouts. Nice. Right. So, awesome. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because that's a big deal also in my, not to say fervor, but like I, I, I saw this carrot on a stick that I was chasing after and then I kind of got it and I took a bite of it and was like, oh man, I wish I had put some sour cream on that pitch, you know? Um, so I think we're going to be looking for like a money start with K's. I don't know how I'm going to word it or label it yet, but right. But we would want um, a K per nine also. Right? right. So we want to know, we want seven innings pitched two earned runs or less with seven K's minimum. Fantastic. Yeah. And you want to know that you absolutely want to yeah. know that, you know, who else was really good. Um, and again, this is somebody I hit on. Uh, he, this is one that actually paid the bills. Marco Gonzalez, right? So hundred, yeah, were, yeah. People were looking past Marco Gonzalez. He had nine money starts. That's that's phenomenal. And when you add in the plus, he had thirteen money plus plus starts. Dude, you got to have that guy. He was going in, in the two hundreds. You, you can't. That value was completely broken. He's an excellent pitcher. He gets a bad rap. Maybe the K's a little bit low. Maybe the run support isn't there. But with that kind of production, they, those guys at least are excellent supplements for earlier round pitchers, you know? And I 100%. think, yeah, I think the quality start thing, particularly in this age of missing distance, I think, you know, I, I hope it's going to be useful and I hope I can get it out there. And uh, knock on wood, it's submitted. Uh, it's on the FSWA desk right now being reviewed. Hopefully I get something. That's awesome, man. I, I'm, I'm excited because I remember first reading about it, I was so... I was so intrigued by it because um, Baseball HQ does a similar system. Um, they, they're called the PQS. Um, I, I can't get into too much of it because it's behind their paywall. Okay, but, fair um, enough. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. But it, it, it involves, you know, five thresholds to read. Oh. Yes. And, and, and we could talk after, the, after we record on about it. But um, I use it specifically for ho- um, head-to-head league because – Attached to it, they have a dom domination disaster percentage. So oh, I love that. right, so it's showing you, like you said, you know, the, the threshold of like this guy producing th- this, you know, eighty percent of starts that are 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 
above average or, you know, awesome. Now, so, without, without having you reveal, I wonder, because I, you know, a lot of us think about the same things possibly in different ways. Now, I wonder if that, did they have Giolito a little bit lower than most because of that? Like, I know for myself, I was using like a meltdown metric, you know, and Giolito, I don't know, I, people take it as like, if you have criticized these guys, like you hate them. Listen, Lucas Giolito is awesome, but the guy got a propensity for hanging six spots. I'm sorry. It's just a, right. Like, I didn't do it. You know, it's not my fault. I didn't do it, but it's, it's part of his game. You know, right. he's, he's had that. I don't know if it's, um, maybe it's in his head or maybe some days the way, like maybe his dominant pitch break when it's off ends up center center. You know what I mean? Right. It could be any of those little things. Or maybe, you know, maybe he hangs one and maybe he's upset. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. Right. Right. But, that but I, I was wondering about it because I know he, he was somebody that came to mind with that, that man, he, on a per game basis, he has one of the highest upsides possible. He can give right. you eight innings. He can give you 13 strikeouts and not put up a run. But every, like, seven starts, you, you have to worry that he's going to just absolutely fall apart. And I think in 2019, man, I think he might have had – my gut wants to tell me four of those? Four you know, like I, was, like I said, I was calling a meltdown five runs or worse. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a problem. <laughs> right. That's a problem. I actually have it up here. I got one. Two, three, four. Yeah, he had five starts of five or more. Two of them were six. One of them was a seven. And then there's even a couple, uh, two or three fours kind of sprinkled in there. So I would imagine that that's the kind of guy that has a disaster, like a high disaster percentage. Percentage, yeah. And, and you know, I I used it mostly. Um, I, I'm not going to say mostly, but I thought it was mostly beneficial in head-to-head leagues. Um, I play in, a, you know, my two home leagues are head-to-head categories. Um, it's the only, you know, head-to-head I still do. Um, but to identify who can blow up your week is huge. So I yeah. still, you know, I stay away from guys like that. You know, I'll find the value, like, now I'm not saying Marco Gonzalez would be a number one pitcher on my team, but if you could fill out the roster and your weekly starters with guys who won't lose you the week. Cause I don't want yeah. those blow ups and head to head categories. You know, I don't want to yeah. lose ERA and whip from one guy who yeah. just continuously blowing up. So that percentage though, that quality start metric, I love that. Um, um, I was so intrigued by that. And I could, I remember we instantly started talking about that on DM. I was asking you, you know, what do you call your garbage starts? Because yeah, you know, that's right. That's yes, right. That's right. Because of yeah. the, you know, HQ thing, you know, I'm like, oh, what are you going to call your that's garbage right. starts? And, and you're like, don't worry, I'll get to that. I said, okay. Now I have to, yeah, now I'm going to keep, I'm going to just try and keep refining these individual starts because again, listen, that's what pays the bills around here. You know, that's how you get it done. Right. And I think being able to shine a light on guys that go distance in this age is a big deal. 100%. Yeah, so let me talk. Let's start talking about some roster construction in DC. Yeah, I just wanted go. to, um, because I only did you know one, <laughs> one entry. I did, I did two entries in the uh, short season, um, one, but in the uh, pre-COVID drafts, I only did the one. And um, so you know, I had a breakdown that did you I win ch- draft champions on a single bullet. A single bullet, buddy. Dude, you are the man. Single I didn't think you bullet. could get any cooler. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That really is very impressive. I mean, I'm so proud of you, man. You really did a bang up job. Really Thank great you, job. Thank you, bro. That's I a really tough. Can I ask last thing? When when did you draft that? I'm trying to get an idea. March sixth. Oh, so before any? Okay, it was a pre-COVID draft. Yep. Okay, Pre-COVID draft. Yeah. yeah, I was I was putting some thought into uh, the time of these early drafts and how they translate. 
Right. And I, I got mixed results, but maybe that was since a short season. I don't put too much into it. Like the first draft I did for NFBC was probably in January. And okay. that was a league winner. And right. you know what's funny? I'm going to be completely honest. I hated that team when I was done. I hated it. I thought it was terrible. At Whit Merrifield and Manny Machado, I was like, oh, I screwed up so bad. That's you know? the team you ended up one, 100 overall, right? That's the same. Yeah, I'm I think looking it was at in the low team. hundreds. I think that team ended yeah. up like 115. But, man, I had, I had a ton. I don't want to – I didn't do great. I ended up profiting because of the payouts. You know, I got cops and thirds and stuff. But there was a point when I was chasing your – when I was on your tail, there was a point out of 12 DCs. I was in first in like eight or nine leagues. And I was wow, like, oh my God. Me. I was like, I am painting. I was like, I am painting my Mona Lisa right now. And I put in so much work. I, I said, well, I was, you know, you're always surprised at that kind of success. But I was like, this is it. I'm doing the thing right now. Yeah. And to go back to that, whatever, I, we're going to, I'm going to tie in roster construction because okay, cool. the most, yeah. this, this is where I'm going with this point. Okay. Is I knew my strengths because mm. my strength is the back end of the pool. And the reason I stress that is because that is my really, if I have one answer in big block letters, if you're asking me about roster construction, build it backwards, build it backwards. I am the worst. I am the worst fantasy analyst in the, in the entire industry when it comes to first round picks. Why? I really don't care. I really don't care. I, 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 people project them. I, I hardly do projections for these guys. You want to know what I think about Juan Soto? He's amazing. You know what I mean? What do, want, what do you want to know about Juan Soto? What do you want, really want to know about these guys? And I think that's the error that newbies or, you know, novices make. Okay, a first-round pick can certainly win you the league. Who knew Bellinger two years ago? It wasn't wide open. Some people believed in the moves forward. I was looking at the strikeout rates. Right. Okay, I missed. I swung and I missed. Last year, I don't know. It's hard with the half year. But again, uh, the difference between Trey Turner and Jose Ramirez, let's say. I'm not going to sit and fight you over the difference for two reasons. One, I don't know. And second, it's a snake draft mostly, and you're a slave to that order. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I, and you know, again, to the roster construction thing, I look at players in terms of baskets of skill. So Trey Turner and Jose Ramirez are almost the same thing. The context is pretty strong, although I was a bit more worried about the Nationals, you know, losing um, Rendon. Right. Uh, but, but the context is good. You know, the, the context is good. They both can hit for power. They both can steal a ton of bases. Uh, they're, uh, me and Rob Silver had this conversation at length, and he was right about – I think I felt a little more certain about lineup placement. But in these terms, Trey Turner and Jose Ramirez, they're hitting in the top third of the lineup. Mm-hmm. It almost ends there for me. I'm more interested in – what did, how does that first round pick resonate? Like when you drop that pebble in the water and those ripples start to move outwards, how does that initial pebble affect that 30th ripple? 100%. Every season is going to be completely different. So that is why I immerse myself in best balls early, even more so than draft champions because um, draft and hold, as much as I love them, I underestimated the amount of work, going back to what we were saying before, Oh, you just have to set your lineup. Yeah, you just have to set 15 lineups on Monday, 15 lineups on Friday, and do it again on Sunday. Yeah, there's no waivers, there's no trading, but it's a lot of work. It was more work than I thought it was going to be. Absolutely. It really was. Juggling injuries and stuff like that, and then this year particularly, but it's not easy. So something like best ball for me is is the pure form of preparation, right? I can put all of my focus into 
into winning because again you're building your draft champions on a bit you have to think about positions and stuff and plug and play best ball it's me and you two men enter the thunder dome at the end of the day one man leaves that's it the bottom line there's Absolutely. no fixing there's no nothing so and especially when it comes to money fan tracks fan tracks offering a ten dollars I don't like to speak for other people's accounts, budgets, or anything like that. Because I, trust me, I come from nothing. I come from zero. And I, I have it. Some people would say I have it all now. You know what I mean? I don't have a fancy. I'm not into fancy. Maybe that's another one. Like, me being within your means and being comfortable and not worrying, to me, is luxury. Amen. Some people, for some people, the, the Range Rover is luxury. And then you have to worry about bills. Now, if you could do the Range Rover and not worry about bills, God bless you, you're the winner. I, I admit that. I can see that. But for me... I'd rather have the money in my account. I wait a man, yo, know, man. I'm like, uh, what's that old Falcons head coach? Glanville? <laughs> oh, he yeah. said, bad guys wear black. Mo, Mo, I wear black, bro. Bad guys wear black. You, you catch me in the neighborhood, it's a black tee, it's a black Yankee hat, black old black, kid. Black sneakers, black everything. Me and Biggie Smalls, kid. Biggie? That's it. With the black Tims. I don't want to be up there with the goody goodies. That Johnny, was you're the best, bro. I love Biggie you, man. With black Tims and black goodies, kid. That's, I'm just saying, <laughs> listen, I can't not be me. Absolutely. Now, again, that's funny because if I go to like a wedding, people freak out. I'm wearing pink, you know, and shit like that. <laughs> I get it. I get it. When I burst my collar, I let it pop. But on a regular date, man, again, back to the stuff we're talking about. All of these things matter. It sounds stupid. We're talking about my clothes. It matters. It's my comfort zone. It's how I operate. Amen. Don't be yep. something you're not. I'm exactly who I am. Boom. I, if I have to change for someone else, that's one more thing I have to think about that kind of may distract me. So Amen. back to yeah. back to the money thing. The reason I mean it to me is very important. Yeah. And now I understand ten dollars for some people may be a lot. If ten dollars to get into best ball leagues is a lot for you, don't sweat it, man. Don't even sweat it. Save your money. Start saving your money. These kind of leagues are very difficult to participate in for free. And I don't really believe in mock drafts because people don't. I don't feel like they put the genuine effort in. Definitely not. So right. I would say save some money, man. If you could get, if you could put a few bucks away every week. And get the 10 bucks and then jump in that league and take it super seriously. Fight for it tooth and nail. The more of those that you can do, the more familiar you'll become with the back end of the pool. This is just nature. You know, it's just what it is. It's life. Once you are able to identify availability at the back end, to me, that will shine the light on the front end. Mm -hmm. So this year, it's funny. I guess I didn't mention, I guess me mentioning Turner, Ramirez, or guys like Tatis, it, you know, or not was not an accident. The reason was why I didn't want an outfielder because I identified outfielders. And you know what? Yo, I have the receipts for this one because my 300 ADB team for the athletic, that outfield was Mike Yastrzemski, post 300. Jesse Winker, post 300. Trent Grisham, post 300. Mm -hmm. And we handled the beeswax, kid. I didn't need, you know, I didn't have to reach. For me, Again, confidence in your own work. I was saying to myself, man, I love Trent Christian. I love Trent Christian. I love Trent Christian. I love Trent Christian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't anybody like him? You know, I love, I'm like, I love Jerry Winker. Winker's going to play every day. He's going to play every day. I think he's got, with the opportunities. And, you know, again, you could be a little more run and gun at 300 ADP than you need to be specific in the front. I know something Dave talks about ad nauseum, which I could not be more lockstep on him is, for me, it's about avoiding injuries up front. That's the Absolutely. one thing I don't want. Amen. You can yeah. almost give me, you can almost give me any pick in the top thirty-six, as long as it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? As long as it makes sense. As long as, it, as long as it's a functional pick. Because again, what the hell do I know? I was pushing people out of the way to get. Again, I I wear my losses right on the chest, kid. I thought I I did. I really thought you needed 
one of the three big second basemen in the second round. So I thought you needed Albies, Hayora, or Kettle Marte in order to succeed. I felt second base was kind of uh, was kind of shallow, and I thought they really excelled. And they all didn't do anything. They didn't do nothing for you. Those are losses. So I don't get too hung up on the front. I'm only hung up on the front as far as it serves the back. Right. You no. Know, so whether it's pitching, Johnny, can you can you win with pocket aces? Yeah. Can you win with no starting pitching? Yeah. It depends on the player pool right. and the market's determination of that player pool. You know, so uh, I talk about Eric Bren all the time. You know, he was on a Ed Sullivan show and the Gong show and he used to spin plates on sticks, you know, and run okay. back and forth. So why is this pertinent? This is pertinent because in, in our line of work, it's very complex and you must maintain different ideas at the same time. So I'm going to leave a ball spinning. And as that idea remains relevant, as long as it's spinning. And if you let it fall off the bowl, you lost it. The idea being, we're going to have to juggle multiple things at once. As long as we continue to circle back and keep them relevant and keep them on the front of our mind and how they apply to the event we're speaking about. That's all that matters. Yep. You know, so I'm, I know I do come off scrambled. I do talk fast. I know it. But there's a reason for it. There's a lot going on. It's not as simple as A or B oftentimes. That's not, it's not that simple. It's, a or B with the circumstances of, of how is this going to play out on the horizon? Right. You know, so this, like going into 2020, I loved the mid-range pitching, knocked it out of the park, right? So I had uh, all the Maeda and like Darvish, right? Those were my kind of frontline guys. But I thought that I needed a 1-1. So like I was wanted Flaherty, you know, and the places I didn't get them, now you have to adjust that math. Right. So even if you went in set, you have to be malleable at that. You know what I mean? So it's weird. It's always these uh, conflicting flexibilities almost, you know, which of your ideas are you, you must and which are a must, but you know, well, you got to pivot maybe because you, you know, a draft room can take you off your game. Right. hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, like you said, like, you know, every, that, that ripple effect, every pick you have contributes to that, overall picture that so you know if you're not identifying what each pick will do for your team you know and you're just comfortable like oh yeah like you know i got one sold on the first round you feel good about it okay but then what like what are you gonna do next you know and yeah and i i agree the same thing the first first two three rounds i'm staying you know i just don't want to take any guy who's coming into the season injured and just want to be safe. I just want to be safe. I want. What about pitching hitting split? Are you sold or married to anything? Well, yeah, that's what I would. Yeah, that's what oh, I would right. ask you about because in the business they call that a segue. A <laughs> segue, <laughs> and yeah, so you know what, being um, the the pre-COVID draft, you know, I did. Uh, let's see, I did uh, 20, 20, um, 28 to twenty-two. So. I don't know if that's something I'm going to try to do again, 22 bats, 22 pitchers. Um, I had great pitching, so I, maybe I didn't need to have that much depth in it. But I think in a couple of my entries this year, I'm definitely going to try to uh, roster a little more just in case I don't hit on, you know. I was, I was just talking about up front. I mean, up because oh, I'm, yeah, I'm particularly interested with people's style up front. Mm. And is, are you married to, like, are you wed to a certain thing? Like, do you have to have one starter out of three is what I mean. I'm not married to that. I'm more comfortable picking 
um, no starters for the first four or five rounds. That's the wow. way. Wow. Okay, I the, love that, man. That's yeah. the way I've always drafted. It's the way I've always felt comfortable in drafting, and it's always the way I felt comfortable, you know, filling out the rest of my team um, with. Um, I see the effectiveness in the pocket aces and I know it's there. Um, and I think just talking about this with Zach on his podcast that we did on Saturday is that I just not good enough yet at getting the rest of my team to fill in after that. You know, we're you talk- so we're talking about comfort zones, you know, we're talking about comfort zones. Yeah. My, my comfort zone is not picking a pitcher early waiting. And, you know, so this year uh, I went for Bauer in the fifth round. It was high on Bauer, high on Lance Lynn. I ended up getting them in the fifth and the seventh round, you know, wow, so pick yeah, yeah, yeah. 72 and 102 allowed me to get stolen bases, get hit tool, get okay, that, right, you know, right. So, so once those bats are kind of exhausted, now you're going to pound, you're pounding pitching at least two or three guys probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I notice that I don't get, I don't have enough pitching if I don't get three in the top 10, 11 rounds. Okay. See, so um, yeah. and, and, and that there's a balance. Right. 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 There's a balance. And I noticed that sometimes when I, you know, and it's maybe just my brain, I just love bats and um, I just, tend to slip on getting that rostering that third pitcher um, early enough. Or like in the main this year, I got the Grom in the first round and I didn't do enough after the Grom. You know, I didn't. Oh, you get, didn't go back early enough. You're I didn't go back early pick. enough and I didn't go back good enough. I made the wrong picks, you know, yeah, it was just, yeah, yeah. And, 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 but it was, yeah, I didn't go back early enough. So that's where I see like hammering three pitchers, you know, in the, in the five to 10 range, you know, round wise, um, because that's just the way I like the draft. I like those bats. I, yeah. I don't, I don't want, you know, I throw out the, the Malik Smith profile. I don't chase any of those guys. I don't want any guy who's going to help me get steals, but then make my average or, you know, homers suffer. I don't want that at all. So I'm trying right. to take all those guys at the top, the you know, Trevor Story, Bo Bichette, Tommy Pham, you know, Give me all those guys higher because the further you go down the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we know it sounds to me, it sounds it sounds to me like you and I would complement each other pretty well because where I excelled in late hitting, I did very poorly with late pitching. And I think it's funny, I I, I expected that. So I right. build my pitching earlier. And it's funny the same way if I came off as bragging about the outfield I put up for post three hundred, that pitching staff was awful. I mean just <laughs> Dude, it was just awful. It really was just awful. Um, let me let me let me embarrass myself. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, right, I had Annabelle now. Sanchez maybe oh. continuing and being decent. Right. He, he was trash. I was super high on Austin Voth. He was one of the largest disappointments in Major League Baseball last year. Yes, I you know, but that was that was I think a good approach, good process. I was on to him too, and yeah, just... I know, but but yeah, it, it's regard. No matter how you put it, it stung. It, it still stunk. <laughs> yeah, it stunk. Man, I, oh, well, okay. I had one hit, and but he got hurt. Eliezer Hernandez. I was a big Eliezer guy. Like I was pumping him. I was pumping him hard, and the wheels kind of fell off. No, but you know what though, I I give it to you because you were you know I had my eye on him and I remember you were pumping him hard and I kind of geared you know my interest to him a little more and in that DC you know I got him in the thirty eighth round you know pick five oh, so he he, he might have paid uh, the bills even if they got hurt he gave you a he, couple really good weeks he paid the bills because he gave me twenty innings you know again I had a I had I had a great staff to share that I didn't have to take out many guys or or, or right. keep you know. Um, and but he gave me 20 innings, uh, 15 innings, a 20 strikeouts, a 2.8, and a 0.8 whip. 
And, and he looked filthy. When I needed that, he did. He did look filthy. And when I yeah. needed that, he would just, you know, I put, I think Keiko got hurt and I put him in there and I was like, wow, like, thank you. And but to that's me, another good one. You had Dallas Keigel. See, so I think even within your own, I wonder if you sell yourself short a little bit. The Keigel pick is a pick I often miss on. Yes. Because he doesn't have the K's. And then you realize just how good he is. And right. that didn't dawn on me until the season was already in full swing. And of course, you know, if you're going to do cork starts like I'm doing, and I'm breaking down every pitching matchup down to the, the finest grain of sand, I hope. Man, you put the magnifying glass on Keigel. He was awesome was Listen, awesome. strikeouts i get a fantasy stuff but he was just awesome he's keeping it down you can't get a hold of him you can't get solid contact you can't get ev on fly balls he was doing everything man he was doing everything and he had the context behind him i missed him that was a big miss that i feel like maybe i should have had but you know these things they, they happen you know that it happens yeah and, and that was like so being it was like my first DC, so you know, I was just trying to get hammered down, you know, some consistent like things yeah. that I was trying to target. And so, you know, Bow with Bauer and Lane, I knew it was gonna get innings and possibly like a good upside in case. Um yeah. and then in the tenth round I took Ryu. Um and then like I said it was round eighteen, Keiko. He was uh, another guy, he was great on the money start metrics. Right. He, he's Ryu, and you know what? I, I fell into it. I was afraid when they sent him to the Blue Jays that, like, I don't know, they were feeding him to the Yankees and he was going to get destroyed and they were feeding him to the Red Sox. And then, like, I don't know, the Red Sox kind of got rid of Mookie and they went the way to Dodo a little bit. And, yeah, you got to give him to the Yankees, but as long as he's serviceable, I sold him short and he's very good. So good on you for not falling into really what was narrative-based. And that's, you know, on me. I fell into narrative stuff where I'm generally very analytical. You know, it's normally numbers for me. So right. good, good on you. I'm, I'm really glad, man. It sounds like you not only had a good head on your shoulders going in, but you executed the way that you wanted to, and it panned out. Now, granted, we can't promise guys are going to stay healthy, but... Well, yeah, of course, yeah. I, that's, I think the way you did it was... You, you, you did it right. That's the big, you know, thing. And you know what? Uh, going into the season, when we talk about buckets, you know, I had him with, like, Granky, you know, Granky and Lizardo range, like... Um, you know, probably give you like a, you know, solid ERA and maybe not like, you know, tremendous case, but just enough, you know, to, you know, like I said, at the number three behind two, like strikeout heavy guys, I felt comfortable with that. And Keiko, again, like my whole thinking was, okay, I can't pick up guys who, who, you know, you just look at those guys, who's going to take the ball and want the pitch, you know, that, that was Keiko was one of those guys to me, like, you know, and the soft toss and everything else, I think veers people away, but I, you know, give me those innings, give me, you know, you know, looking at the White Sox, possibly good team, you know, yeah, all that. I missed that also. But, but you, you nailed and, it. And I think into, to keep tying in all the stuff we're talking about for people looking for, you know, the, the process is it, you, even with the, your breakdown of him, which was quality, it was tied into previous picks. You know, you were thinking right. about that. Right. And that it matters. It, does. it really matters. Um, I find, particularly with pitching, this is not my problem. I, I've skirted it by kind of going earlier with pitching, so I know I don't have to kind of get cute. Um, right. You mentioned a great name, Lazardo. I could not get behind. I just couldn't. No matter what I did, I couldn't get behind. I got like Lazardo, and I'm watching right. the price go up, up, up every week. I'm knocking him down, down, down. I'm worried about the reliability. I, I'm worried about the distance per game. And, and people love him, you know? So right. you can kind of put your entire staff together with these, God, I hate to say shiny new things. That's like the most played out thing. But like these, 
right? These kind of the FOMO, the fear of missing out. That's yeah, what it is for yeah, everyone, right? You know, they they want to be the guy that has Lizardo when he, you know, blow. You know, I'm watching guy. You know, you mentioned you mentioned our boy Zach before, and I was trying to get him off the Mackenzie Gore ledge where he was taking him last year. Me and Zach were in all the same leagues. I'm going, dude. You could first of all, you could get him 100 picks later. Right. Second of all. I don't think he gets the ball this year. Right. San Diego is going to compete. They had brought in Davies. Um, uh, who else? Um, Garrett Richards, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were there were plenty of arms there. 100%. There were plenty of arms. Even Patino, you know. Really Nick, rock. Right. So, you, know you, you mentioned it. We're not talking about a guy, what he might do if he gets the ball. You're talking about a guy that's going to get the ball every five days and then yeah. preferably get 18 outs for you. 100%. Love Gore that. was not doing any of that. Guys like Lazaro were only checking half those boxes. And Absolutely. then you had people coming out with rotations of these guys. It was like, that's, I, yeah. I couldn't follow. I just couldn't right. follow. And that's why, you know, we're talking about putting those guys in like a similar bucket, you know, and I, I saw Granky and Lazaro. I'm like, okay, let me wait. Let me wait for Ryu. Cause I, I thought they had the same kind yeah, of profile. Great. And I said, let me, let me wait, let me wait, let me wait. And, and that's the great thing, you know, about having something where you're grouping guys in the draft. You could just say, nope, I'll wait. No, I'll wait. I can wait on this profile. Yeah. You know, StatCast, StatCast does something similar if you look at the page. I don't know if you've seen this yet because they're always updating. I mean, there's tons of stuff, right? Photo. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> but if, you, if, you're on a, uh, if you're on a player page and you kind of scroll down somewhere near the – on the main player page, somewhere in the stats, it'll say player similar similarity. To, yeah, yeah, and it'll give you players. And, like, dude, you know, it, it almost upset you, you know, when you're researching your favorite second-round player and it's like – you know, you could do uh, that with Grisham, right? Yeah, you could do right. that with Grisham later on, you know. Right. Or this year, um, you get Alex it with Hell Castle, right? right? You're gonna you're you're gonna you're gonna chase and I'm you know, obviously somebody is gonna chase power with some average. Let's call him Pete Alonzo. Okay. Right. And Pete Alonzo is not even average, but I know some people are expecting upside. Whatever. Apples to apples, you might be able to give me Ryan Mountcastle. Forget the fact that they're two hundred picks apart. Right. So I, I haven't used this kind of Mayberry thing myself. I, I wonder if they end up near each other. You know what I mean? If those are guys that kind of resemble each other. <laughs> i tell you who was near each other f- kind of b- before this season was Teoscar and Pete Alonso. So I'm thinking, you know, I, I had them in a similar profile set. So I'm thinking, okay. I heard you talking about Teoscar. Yeah, let me get him at pick 300 instead of pick yeah. 50, you know. And, and plus now he's shown that, you know, in the last 162 games, 41 homers, 12 stone bases to Oscar. Sure. I Man, I'm, I'm thinking about how good I did last year. I don't know why I, don't, I should have won every league. Um, I, you know, again, to, to this to this build, because I think right, especially right now, as we talked about, people are still using the sledgehammer before the little right. Um, right. And you're building backwards. Um, I remember last year, and I, man, I was screaming from the mountaintops. I was like, I, 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 I should have had like Luke Voigt's name tattooed on me somewhere because I just couldn't. <laughs> not, I physically, it was like, it was like making me physically move around in my chair. Like, why is it we're at pick one eighty, and the possibly the cleanup hitter for the Yankees is still out there? I was right. like, and and if we could bring up something also to to. That something I like to highlight personally are players with injuries and making sure that we separate those seasons to look for stuff. Right. Now, I can think of two specific examples from last year. One was a tremendous hit and one was a tremendous fail. Okay, so Luke Voigt was a tremendous hit. 
Um, that was one of my favorite tweets. I must have retweeted myself a half a dozen times. His pre his pre stat his pre injury stats to post injury stats were completely disparate. You know, they were not right. even close. And the non the pre injury looked like the player we had. So to me, that was like okay, I definitely want Luke Voigt. People are talking about first base being shallow and needing to take Alonzo in the third. I'm like, I'm going to give, I had Voight on maybe every single team. And then if I needed a CI, I had Renato Nunez circled. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get mm-hmm. some 50 power here. The guy's going to play every day. But I don't Yep. So have the kind of faith in that stuff. Even as people are telling me, I, you don't know what you're doing. They were, wow. would have been right. Crush, Crush Davis was the other one. Remember Crush Davis was having a hell of a season. And then mm-hmm. he like, they put him in the field and he slammed into the wall. Yeah, he ran into the wall and damaged his hip. Yeah. It was hip. Yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. And it, it generated no power. So I thought Crush Davis, like, oh, man, this guy is going to be – this guy is going to be awesome, awesome, awesome. Not the case. The reason I bring him up now – again, keep that plate spinning because there's another roster construction thing I wanted to get at. The reason I continue to pursue Davis is another roster construction tip that I like to use, particularly in these deep leagues that we're speaking about, is correlative picks on the same team. So mm. I had identified the Oakland A's as being undervalued across the board. I mean – uh, an offense that was projecting all the major projection systems had them doing playing well. They played well last year. Uh, I guess they're like a victim of their own success. People, you know, Simeon, well, Simeon can't repeat and Olsen can't repeat. And uh, at what point are these guys good baseball players? You know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a point they're just good, you know, and maybe they're good. But A's were so undervalued. They were. But I think that is another strategy that you can use and actually deploy to your advantage. Was Interesting. I drafted tons of A's. Knowing I saw I that Robbie playing, Grossman. I, yeah. I, I peaked the Robbie Grossmans. I had, I had Connor, Crush Davis, um, Grossman. And then also on top of that, man, I like double stacked the A's. This one was a miss because Grossman was a huge hit, bro. And so was yes. Connor. But where I got Grossman, Grossman was a league winner. Because he he went for steals and power, you right. know. So to get, I think he had eight or nine steals in the short season. It was huge. I thought either um, Barreto, Mateo. Mm. Oh, I feel like there's even someone else mm. I was missing. Where de- somebody had to get the job, somebody had to pay the bills. That was a miss. Right. But, but the other picks going around there were guys that are not really playing anyway. So not to make excuses for my picks that I missed on, but at least they were tied to an idea, you know? And some of those things, like I said, they really, they really do pay off. I did it with the Braves rotation. I thought the back end of the Braves rotation had question marks. I felt like they had a lot of young talent. So I had Tuki Toussaint, Ian Anderson, and Kyle Wright on every team. Right. Kyle Wright was, a, was an implosion. But he's another guy, if we had the hundred, another 100 games in the season, he was starting to look very good. He was. Right. You know, he was looking sharp. So maybe that, even though that was a miss for 2020 as, as, as constituted, that may have ended up being good. Ian Anderson was a tremendous hit. So now you're f- talking about, I mean, what's more valuable than finding an SP1 later on? Uh, it's, it's nothing because, um, you know, going back to the roster construction, um, from my pitching staff in the D.C., you know, I felt safe with innings. You know, like I said, it was – like, all right, I feel good here 
Um, I've got five or six guys that maybe can log them innings, including Jordan Lyles, even though he was so great. I like but, Lyles too. Yeah, I know. I know. It was just uh, whatever. He just ended up. I thought I was yeah. so smart. I thought I was so smart. I didn't just chase. I didn't just chase that half season with Milwaukee, right? Right. I didn't no, just, he had mm-hmm. pitch mix changes. He ditched. He, he ditched. He ditched his worst pitch, and I was like, "Well, okay. guy ditched his worst pitch. Start striking out nine and a half guys per nine. Okay." He's yeah. going to be good. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. Right. Round 30. No, not yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, not okay. <laughs> not okay. He was not okay. <laughs> but the guy that, you know, was my, you know, even though with Bauer, you know, had Corbin Burns in at pick fourth, you know, 440 is just a league winner, you know, 30, yeah. 30th round, 440. And that's just a pick. Like we're talking roster construction. Okay. I feel good about the stable skills. Who's going to be my home run pick, right? Who's this upside pick and, Burns was just one of the guys that had slotted, right? Yeah. I love just, that. There's room for that also. Right. And, I, man, I think I, I, I'm the brilliance of your build right now is, is you're, ex, you're exposing it without trying to take credit for it. Um, <laughs> but it's the truth, right? So what I want people to, to focus on was that you, you started with certainty and built off that. I'm not saying you have to start with certainty and build off that. But when you have a certain build – now you can shoot for it. And the guy you're talking about, the upside is tremendous. That's what you're right. talking about. The price right. was there. The price was right. And they have question marks in the rotation. You know, that's right. That's it, man. That's everything. And, you know, and that was everything. even at that point where I'm like, okay, maybe he can find value anywhere that he lands in the rotation. If he comes in in three, four innings spurts, if he, yeah, if he yeah. end up being a starter, you know, it could still be effective innings no matter what. Oh, I know? think we should take a second for – um, I, I, I wonder if you would agree, as the reigning champion of the world, um, that I, I found um, in these kind of long marathon, you know, things, especially with no adding, that high, let's call them high impact relievers, right. can kind of go forgotten. And I some of them so. even have a pathway to saves. And John, that's exactly wow, you know, what like I did. you're saying, that might be a guy where, Oh man, guys are starting to get hurt. You don't have the depth in your roster. And it's like, now do I run out Jordan Lyles um, this week? The answer this year you were looking for was no. But if you didn't have, I don't know, like I, it's funny, you know, I always have like Adam Adovino. Right. I'm, I'm a big, my whole closer thing in, in standard season. So the DC was, like I said, first time try for me. So I had a couple of things. I honestly was trying to win my league. I said, let me get some bankroll. Let me win my league. The way I felt that I could win my league was to, you know, not stack saves early. That's what I like to draft anyway. So I did Kela in round 13. And then after that, you didn't right, even pitch. You didn't even pitch. How did you get saves? Well, check it out. So in round, so, but again, this was my strategy. It's like, I want the, Usually, even for even my home leagues, I'm hammering, I want the next man up. I know a lot of people find no value in them. And I know in Roto, it's different, you know, but I feel like um, those guys carry a ton of value because if, like you just said, if your fifth, sixth pitcher isn't good, you know, they can be inserted there and give you five or six you mentioned cases. the ratios, Rob. And that, then, that so I made it a case. I said, okay, I'm going to not pick any early closes, but, but a big but. I'm going to hammer the next man up, you know? And so oh, around oh, 20, because I want to guess. Yeah. So you're bummer, Karinchak, Presley, Britain, like those kind of guys. Am I near it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Around 23, 25, 26, Pagan, Presley, Matt Barnes. You know, I, I was you know, looking at, the, did you get a lot from that? 
I got 12 from Presley, um, nine from Barnes, only one. Well, from I didn't, the guy. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even realize Barnes got that kind of work. He did because, um, Workman got traded, you know, and that's yeah. another oh. thing that that's that's another thing I looked at. Okay, Workman's going to be an upcoming free agent. Red Sox might not be that good. Is he? And he stinks. I just really didn't like Brandon. Uh, he walks. I kind of like Workman so, at the price, but yeah, right at the price, right at the yeah. price. And but I said okay, but as a as the next man up, a guy who did pretty well on the closer spot when he had it, you know, he wasn't terrible. Um, that that's a target, you know. I and that's something. That's my first prep for next year too is looking at free agency and closers um who's a closer who might leave their team well, or who might be who might be leave, yeah right he's gonna yeah, go he's, the third round now whatever uh, yeah uh, but again that's i don't take closers around there so i'm not even gonna like bother yeah, you don't care. i'm not even gonna bother like studying him because I, for me like i'm not going there for him so good you know well i think i think i'll be using i will be using your example going forward i think it's extremely important you didn't just win your league, bro. You won the overall. Now Branson closes. I mean, if we could need a more clear example of me of why I don't want to say the lack of importance for closers, but just that maybe we need to like reassert where they belong in this. You know, they have uh, again to mention Alex. Uh, again, he did such a great piece on on closer usage. I don't know if you saw. At, yeah. at Alex, Alex, I, I hope he gets an award for this one. He really, he did a, he did a bang up job, man. It's, it's going to change the way you draft. It also made me want Asuna a little more because it turns out the Astros are one of those teams that have the, how the teams use the closers, right? Yeah, but Presley, fascinating. Yeah, I had a ton of I had a ton of Presley. Yeah, and I actually thought he might get replaced, but they just had so many injuries and they kept giving him they kept giving him the ball, man. They just kept giving him the ball and he got it done. So I, man, it's just really it's really interesting to see that, like you. Um, I guess, did you have an up? How did you do in saves in your individual league? Oh, so I have the overall right now. Um, so okay, I, I didn't want to I'll, praise that. I was, no, no, I'll give that to you curious. real quick. I ended up with 21 saves and I was a thousandth overall, 1027th overall. And in my league, um, let's see, in my league, let me find that. Good amount of saves, you know, they were hard to come by, man. They were really, they were really hard to come really by. Really hard to come by. I, in fact, you know what's funny? I'm probably like you. I think I got most of mine on secondary picks. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal got me some saves. Nice, yeah. Trevor Rosenthal was that was that was a big pick. How did, yeah, why did I, you? Why did you like him? Would you like? What did you see? What did you? What did you make? Well, I, he was a correlative pick. I I had some places where I ended up drafting Ian Kennedy, holding my nose. Mm, okay, right. And and I thought I, I in fact it was it was funny I don't know why Matt Williams has all this he put me he put me onto the Royals Matt he put me onto the Royals because he was big on Duffy okay and then which is funny because again back to this correlative picking so drafts where I had Duffy and now we're back you know we're in the back end of the draft to what you pointed out before the important the importance of opportunity of getting the ball right. so when you're getting to the back end of these drafts there are not many regular starters. There's plenty of Royal starters out there. So I was pairing Duffy with Brad Keller and Jake Junis. Mm. Hoping, hoping one of them was good. Go figure two of them were good. Duffy was more than serviceable. And right. Keller was freaking outstanding. You know what I right. mean? No, so he like, was. Yeah. You just, you just, it just happens. You know what I think? I think what people might take from this is don't hyper-focus on the, on the, on the early parts. Right. You just don't right. need to hyper-focus on it. 
Because I ended up sixth in my league, John. Sixth in saves in my okay. league. Okay. Another great example is you just have to compete. Just got to compete. You right. just got to compete. You just right. gotta and you and, and you and take down the overall, okay? Right? Just, overall. right, yeah. The and it's just one of those things too. I just um I know like less guys are getting you know um more, 30, right, 30 right. plus saves and more right. guys are getting shot at one or two, right? So right. um that was know, the basis of Alex's of Alex's piece, right? right? Yeah, and There's so so much less of that. Yeah, and. So to me, that's a category thing. All right, if if there's less of these top guys getting him, you know, I need less really to kind of compete or win. You know, so I, I'll just don't mind me middle of pack if I could smash everything else. You know, so and, yeah, I, I think and, how about this? if I could if I want to import something on people that hopefully I'm going to learn for next year is so I chose I ended up choosing worst pitchers with perceived roles. Over right. pitchers with a with a pathway. Gotcha. And those, they just killed me. And in fact, as I'm talking about how good I I did very well, I did so poorly with saves that it, it held me back, because mm. I thought, okay, I'm gonna take I'll take whatever closer is left on whatever junk team. So I had all the workmen, I had all the Keller, and I had all the Jimenez. Gotcha. Didn't do much. Be Jimenez, I think. Actually, I think he was bad before he got hurt. Anyway. Yeah, so. he was bad. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? I I made it a a point too, like later in the draft, because how we're discussing as ladies, you go. There are less guys who throw a lot of innings. For batters, there are less guys who have a full time role, and us just you know are are open to you know, being, being a platoon guy. So I made it a case to just pound, you know, possible, um, you know, bull, like high, high leverage live arms. You know, right. I wanted to get like part of the Rays bullpen um, just, just as a backup, you know, just as a, I'll sprinkle them in, you know? So I, I did the Poche, I did the, uh, the uh, Kittridge and Fairbanks you know, later on in the draft, Yusmero, Petite, you know, round 42, like, I had a um, lot, yeah. right, right. Those type of guys, I felt like even Chain Green, because um, I liked him, you know, I liked the Braves. And even though they have a ton of good arms, like, you never know, maybe they were going to, you know, trade him because they're in excess, you know, like, so take, take some live, you know, bullpen arms late because if, and, and if that, you know, that's what the draft is telling you, you know, that's what we just discussed. Yeah, like, I abandoned that to my own detriment. I abandoned yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and Nick Birdie, he was my last pick. Gave me one save this year in the week I started. Oh, see again, and, and, and here's another <laughs> another another problem. Another problem with the path I took of not so great pitchers on bad teams mm-hmm. was trying to find the replacement was a nightmare, right? So right. the Keller teams I had, I was earlier on, I was drafting Michael Feliz behind them. Then people were saying they thought it'd be Kyle Crick. Okay, yep, all of a sudden, yep. you're like, you got to draft four Pirates guys. You you know, if you only have 50 picks, it's four guys. You're talking 9% of your team is Pirates bullpen. Right. <laughs> may not do anything for you. You got to be careful, right? You got to be careful with that because they're not even great. They're not even great. Like, it's different. See, you said Rays, and you were saying Braves. These are pitching organizations with guys that are awesome. I'm right. talking about the Tigers. I'm talking about the Pirates. These teams right. are not any good. And that's a – that's one thing I got out of the uh, the process, you know, the Jeff Jeff Zimmerman book, you know. Oh, he's great. Um, yeah, phenomenal. Like you're saying, there's so many good things to absorb, and you know, for for those, um, he has a cool little um, part with saves and holds and wins, and you know, it's it it's winning teams over 500. You got it. Over, you know, over 500. Um, 
low whip, you know, there's thresholds and, and just, I tried to follow that, you know, I tried to say, okay, you know, and with the raid, I didn't want to go up and get Nick Anderson and Castillo. So I was like, okay, let me, you know, let me fall back and take a shot at these guys. I love where you're going with this. So I let, I let those teams usage scare me off. Right. Right. You let them, you let them scare you off the front end. Correct. My mistake was letting them scare me away. So even though I knew that there were good arms in Tampa, I had this, no Tampa, no Tampa, no Tampa, no Tampa, you know, I don't do raise because I'm obsessed over of opportunities and I, I can't, I can't do it. And it really cost me because I took worse pitchers on worse teams and you had guys that, all right, maybe you got a pathway to a save, maybe some didn't, but regardless, you had impactful innings. Right. Again, to that six starter that may not have been good, you could at least plug your guys in. I can't do that. You can't just and, – and you end up in a situation where it's Jordan Lyles or Kyle Crick. You might as well just go step in front of a bus. You know, you're, not, you're done. You're done because that's what these, these deep leagues are about, setting yourself up for success in the future. And right. I didn't do a great job of that. You know, I think of my Yankees. There's so many effective arms. Oh, I want the Yankees. So I don't have any Britain. I don't have anybody. You know, like I said, I ended up with Adovino because I, for some reason, for some reason, he's not a closer. Like he's not even thought of. He's just, right. I don't know why. I don't know. I remember when he was coming from Colorado, this guy's throwing balls. looks like a wiffle ball. I mean, I, my favorite pitching ninja gifs were all Adovino. And he kind of went to the Yankees and they brought him Britain. And then they have all these other guys that he's kind of forgotten. Right. But I wish I had done more of that. You know, I wish I had done more of that, of those guys. You know, um, the guys that were coming in and slamming the door every time. Yeah, yeah. You're on the pretend line. I'm definitely looking to do that I'm going to make I, that change. I'm going to make yeah. that change. Yeah. It, it, I, I think teams are – bad teams are just going to get you in trouble, right? Chase, chasing bad teams, it, it, it just gets you in trouble. You have to know what you're getting into. It's totally right. And that's, like, intuitive to watching baseball. And, like, you do your breakdowns, for, you know, for your cork stats. And you're just like, oh, man, this team just oh. – you know, yeah, you and if you find yourself saying that, you yeah, know, then hmm, the maybe you should stay away from those, you know, guys in fantasy. It's, like, it's the a bad, great... it's a bad, you know, yeah. listen, you don't want nothing to do with pitching on the Red Sox, pitching on the Orioles. You know, you don't want that pitching. Even Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is like Lucy with the Charlie Brown football every year. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. Of course. Uh, I think tie Right. So Tyon will be back. That'll be a, a, an argument. Joe Musgrove, of course, I, I had to put together a, an awesome string at the end of the year. He has he has everybody drooling again, drooling. Joe Musgrove. John, I had him too in my team. What a letdown! He dude, in the I last hate... last two weeks he was so like that. Two wins oh, in the last week. So, oh, I hate when they do that because yeah. that now we're already dealing with a short season, and now we're yeah. like. I'm going to worry about the short season within the short season. Within the short season. <laughs> the VLO was there. The spin rate was there. Oh, he looks so good, man. I know. I won't quit my Joey Musgrove. No? You, no. you know who's like that? Um, Frankie Stanfield from CBS. Me and him yeah. were in the, the Musgrove. And it was like, dude, got to have Joe Musgrove. Got to have yeah. Joe Musgrove. Not quitting that constantly guy. Constantly let us down. I mean, oh, just constantly, man. I mean, but it's the thing, too. I would, He cost me a 200 pick. Like, that's not really, you no, know. No, that's not. You know, that's crazy. not going to. I don't consider that reaching for Joe Musgrove, you know, so. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I try and be a little more cheap about it. Like, yeah, 100, right. remember, I, I'm, I'm here talking about how I focused on building a team at 300. So right. 200, I'm still trying to get premium stuff i understand this i I, i'm not trying to put you on the spot there because at 200 there is a certain failure rate that you have to accept 100 percent yeah 100 percent but like 200 this year i felt like i was still cranking out winners 
right? I don't know why I stunk so bad this year. I mean, tell I, me, tell me about this three hundred to five hundred range. Is there like a specific profile that you say you know that you're targeting? Like, um, is there no, something think, that makes you pop? That you know, okay. I have there's so I have there's two two specific approaches I have towards this. Okay, so one one is just the one is just the clinical part. One is me um, building my tapestry. Mm-hmm. So I like to use um, heat maps, um, conditional formatting. Think of it like a stat cast, right? Red is, red is hot is good. And gotcha. Blue is cold is bad. Okay. So I build this tapestry, which I break into, you know, we didn't talk about individual player breakdowns, but, you know, I like, you hear me talk about it uh, if you ever read my stuff anyway. You know, so I think a player, let's say a hitter, there's the surface stats, there's your batting averages, there's your discipline, then there's your elevation basket. You know, so there's like, there's different things to look at. Right. So I put this up and I remove all the names. Mm. It's on a spreadsheet. Love it. I, move, I rank the tapestry. Then I reinstitute the names. Wow. Something I did on Twitter that was a lot of fun, I'll probably do it this year also is, so I'll take all the first basemen, wipe away the names, put, give them a number, and ask people who they want. 100%. And, you, and you'll see, Renato Nunez was enormously popular without the name. Oh, yeah. So, right. so that's one thing that I like to do to identify the back end is... I love that, John. Position by position, I, I, I rank without names. Then I reinstitute the names to look for where they fall. And if you find, like I did last year with outfielders, that a lot of the, the, the baskets you love are in the back, then you know you could punt off that. Okay. The other part is being in the arena, like I was saying. I'm in these draft rooms constantly. I mean, I, right now I'm not, I am not in a live draft right now. I am, I'm doing some work. Mm-hmm. Once it starts, I juggle two or three at the same time for the next eight months or six months, whatever it is. You know, all the way until opening day, I'll be doing three best balls, two drafted holds, nonstop. And there's just something to be said for experience, you know. Right. For every draft room, again, is different. You have to be careful applying one draft room's methodology as a blanket. Once you're in 15, 20, 35 draft rooms, you get a good idea for – the min and the max pick, right. which is something also I would love to point people to if you're not NFBC centric, which is fine. That's a wonderful tool they have in ADP. The range of min and max right. is going to give you an idea. So like um, depending on the tightness of that ADP yep. should dictate your willingness to punt on that player. I love, yes. Yeah. Right. So there's, so again, there's all these bowls are constantly spinning. It's not, it, for me, it is never, it's never player A or player B. I mean, it is never that for me ever. Almost, almost never. It's what am I looking at? How does this affect it? What do I already have? What's left in the cupboard? You know, what do I have? What do I need? What are the other people's needs? You know, it's just like all this different stuff that goes into it. I'm so glad you said that about the ADP. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, that's, 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 and you know what, like it's one thing I try to tell people that just get into it. Like my friends who want to try and, you know, or even just people who play in general, just to, just to remember that ADP is not, the value of a player it's just how much and where you have to right. go to acquire well, we talk, this person right you know like about, 
We yeah. talked about the fallacy of averages. Yeah. And this is a perfect, it's a perfect example. 100%. The guy gets picked first overall, and the next draft he gets picked 100. Right. So what, you just value him at 50? You can't do that. And that's why when people like to say, and this is like another baseball HQ thing they hammer home and Chandler is, you know, when people say, oh, yeah, you know, I just got a great value. Well, value is not factored until the end of the year. Until you know what that person was worth for that's you, yeah. that is not a value. Like, there is no value. Like, oh, yeah, this ah. guy slipped in the seventh round. That's a value. No, it's not. It's 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 a value in terms of where he's going in ADP maybe. But yeah, yeah, maybe. the I mean, cost of the person at the end of the year, the worth he gave you, that's value. That's right, when right. you determine value. And I, I feel like people just don't understand that enough. And it's a, well, one of the yeah. – you know, it's, it's a great it's, line. I think it's, I think it's people um, trying to justify, you know what I mean? I, it, it comes down to what I was talking about before. Confirmation bias. Comes down to people not trying to take a loss. Right. And when you embrace the failure, mm-hmm. you find you don't have to do that at all. Right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have to, I don't have to reason why blah, blah, blah. I did what I did. When I make right. my decision, it is objective. I stand behind it and I allow it to play out. And the result is the result. Exactly. And that's, and that's, I always like to talk about biases. It's confirmation bias when you're constantly looking for things to validate how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, instead of, yeah. Embedding, embedding, they refer to it CLV closing line value. Okay. So like I, again, a lot of professional handicappers are probably waving their fist at me right now. (laughs) I don't believe in that. Like, I don't, you can believe in it all you want. I don't believe that. And the, the idea for people that are not hip with betting, it's pretty simple is, you know, um, the Yankees are, uh, are a heavy favorite, right? And let's say they're playing the Orioles. And you like, you like the Orioles to win. So you bet on the Orioles. But as, um, as the day goes on, the line starts to move towards the Orioles. So more people are in agreement with you, and now it's moved. The thought now that the Orioles are more expensive than when you bet on them is that you received value on them. Got it. This is all just perception. It's perceived perception. Right. And I I understand the argument that you're if you're saying, well, you got value based on the play two hours ago. I agree. That's a physical price to compare. Right. But the idea that people think this is now more likely to win because people believe in this value to me is a pure fallacy. Right. And great point. I think it's important to identify fallacies because, man, we're looking for edge, Rob. And in a market where people are very sharp and the industry is very sharp, you know, that's where we, we got to find our edge. So right. a lot, you know, for me, a lot of times you hear me talk about bad team bias all the time, you know, people. Right. And now it's funny. I just told you don't chase bad teams, but, <laughs> but, 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 but that doesn't mean you totally ignore them. You know, Jorge right. Soler is, a, you know, is going to get his bats. Right. And, you know, uh, Duffy is going to get the ball every fifth day. So there right. are opportunities. So some people just kind of dismiss them. Oh, they're, they, they're, what do you mean? It stinks. Think about the counting stats. And I'm going, Whit Merrifield, Mondesi, Hunter Dozier, and Jorge Soler is not nothing, man. That's a no. tough four. I love Whit. Yeah, but Whit. you know what? Yeah, good for you. He's a, but that's a, regardless, it's a tough four. Yeah. You know, and I think people kind of dismiss people out to the Royals. Ah, the Royals. They stink. The bullpen doesn't get critical outs. It has nothing to do with the offense. They're major league ball players too, right? <laughs> no, oh yeah, and, and, and <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm the high man on Dozier. Like I have a thing for Hunter Dozier. I really, yeah. really like Hunter Dozier. He's good. I like him too. 
So I know we're running a little bit of. You ever seen one of those triples? It's the triples, bro. Yeah, that's it, the triples. There's something about the big, this big dog. He's getting the third base, bro. And I love it because I'm a big guy uh, and I move well. So, like, I just relate to these guys. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's yeah. battling. And I'm like, oh, my God. If the poor shortstop was in the way, he's gone. You oh, know? yeah, he's in the stands. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> in the stand so i know we're running out of time and i had a whole section of best ball question i want to answer you you're gonna have to bring you, me back i am i am that's it just gonna have to bring you back yeah, best, I'll have to come back best ball separate thing but i had a couple of listener questions i want to ask you right, real quick and okay, hammer them out ready hammer them out from jake hallisker the dust mite um, oh well, i love for jake man i like yes. his stuff too he's in that crew right he's in that crew yeah, oh see i forgot jake sorry with the man that's how i know it. people yeah, with the I'm on, I'm on <laughs> with the mayonnaise. Yeah, right, isn't he the mayonnaise guy? Yeah, he's the mayo pitcher. Yeah, right, yeah. he's the mayo guy. Jakey yeah, Mayo, no problem. <laughs> he wants to know what is the average percentage of MLB games on which you wager in a given day, and have you added a lot to your process now that you have a show that focuses on this? Wow, smart questions from smart people. Okay, you really want to be careful with any kind of predetermined limits when you're in in the betting world. You know, I don't want to tell myself I have to bet on at least three if there are not three games that I like. And I don't want to tell myself I can't bet on more than five if there are more than five that I like. And I think a lot of this, again, comes down to beating the, the broken record of, of, of process. So in order to keep the limit down, like I have rules, you know, so I do not bet on, an, on a favorite listed above minus 200. Like I'm just not going to do that. You can have that all day. Um, the way that I do, and it's not, you don't dismiss this. This is not willy-nilly. The question he's asking is extremely important. And again, I think a lot, it's funny. A lot of these things are very similar. You work backwards. So rather than, and this is a problem with units, the whole idea of unit betting is completely misleading and it's going to get you in trouble. If you want to learn how to bet, learn from a trader. Go learn from a professional trader. I will help set you up. You need a written plan. And what you do is work backwards rather than have an amount that you put on each game and how many games you're going to play. You start with a daily allotted risk and then work backwards. Now, if you do that, it won't matter how many games you play because it's the risk that's most important. So if you were to tell yourself, and again, this should be in a written plan and absolutely written down. Now, look, I love this. Of course I have a plan. Okay, what's, I've asked people, what's your, what's your betting plan? And the plan is pretty much to make more money than they lose. Like, that's the plan. That's the extent, that's the extent of the plan. And it can't be that. You need yeah. rules because you have to keep within yourself and you need to maintain your money. Gambling has inherent losses built into it. That's part of the game. You have to be able to withstand that. So what you do, what professionals do, is a, you have a daily allotment. You tell yourself, I'm risking 1% of my daily stack maximum on any given day, right? So if you have, um, what's that? Uh, 10,000 bucks makes 100 at 1%. Oh my God, I'm slow. 10, 10%. <laughs> yeah, 100 is 10% of a thousand. Right, I had to make sure I got that right. So you tell yourself, I'm not going to gamble more than $100 a night. If it's one game, bet the 100. If it's five games, you bet 20 apiece. Right. Gotcha. So you've controlled the, the most important critical element without overextending yourself, which is the number one thing why, and it, dude, the number is not even, it sounds like an exaggeration and it's not. 99.9% .9 of people fail at trading and betting. 
And that's like legit. Like, and it's right. not like they fail, like, ah, you know, I kind of broke even and I think I'm going to call it quits. They zero. Empty right. account. You go to your wife with your pockets turned out. Trust me. <laughs> I've been, I have been there. Dude, hat in hand, tears in my eyes going, honey, I don't, I don't know what happened. I'm serious. I know. I, right. I even remember, I remember it had to be, well, it was the World Cup after Italy won that I was watching a game and I had something like a, like a $25,000 swing during the second half of the game. I was trading futures. Gotcha. But we were, but we were watching a soccer game and I turned white as a ghost during this game. I, I, I got petrified. I got paralyzed. I didn't have a plan, you know, and they didn't get out. So the mm-hmm. same goes for all these things, man. You got to right. pre-plan. You're in control. It's a small business. You know, if you had a t-shirt shop, Rob, and you made a bunch of money the first day, you wouldn't go in the register to go out to dinner. It doesn't work that way. Right. right. So when I talk about risk, you have to think of it as a business. And businesses have strong quarters. Businesses have slow quarters. But you can't go in the register. And you also, the same way you wouldn't pull out from the register, you don't put money in the register, right? If me and you have a t-shirt shop and you're saying, yo, Johnny, we got to, uh, I want some, uh, I want a poster for the front window. We don't go in our wallets. Hopefully we have a business account. Right. Gotcha. So that's, Perfect. I think that's the answer, that's to, a great all, answer to a lot of these betting questions is right. right. set up a business. It's a small business with a fund that you have to fund that you then have to treat responsibly. You know? Right. Right. I think one of the other questions from Dave Swan at the Vithius was, Oh wanted... man, love for Dave too. Yeah. He's another great guy, man. Great He's guy. Really good. I, I love Dave. He's one of the nicest. I don't guys know him met. personally. I right. know I follow his work. I, f- I went from following on social media, actually following the work. It's really good. Yeah. Great dude. Yeah. He wants to know if someone wanted to get into sports betting, what would be a recommended bank role? But I think kind of tied into like, okay, everyone's... this is easy. The most you can afford the most okay. after you do the math, after Rob, after you do the math. Right. So again, if you tell somebody, well, you can only bet 1% of your stack every day. It's not sexy. Because that number is the jip, right? You know, you need thousands to make a dent. Right. That's the real world, people. That's the real world. Gamblers yep. want to take a hundred bucks. They want to triple it up every single day. It don't work that way. Right. Ask a professional trader what a positive outcome for the year would be. Meaning, I, I let's speak about me. If you told me, Johnny, you don't have to make a single trade, I guarantee you six and a half percent in your account. I'm taking that 10 times out of 10, Broseph. Yeah, no, no brainer, right? They want gamblers want 300, 500,000 percent returns night overnight, overnight, overnight. It don't work that way. It doesn't get it out of your head. Get it out of your head. You do that, you fail. That's not me. I don't rock like that. I don't do that. I don't Re- reasonable it, expectations. Yeah. Right? So if you want to yeah. make, but now the thing is, it's like, oh, but then how do you make enough money to move the needle? Fund the business. Fund the business. Now. I've had this conversation with people that I have really helped to get started. And the 1% is good, but it's not necessary. It is not necessary. You could, you could kind of have a reserve similar, like fractionally reserve, similar to like a bank does. You know, so let's say I told you, you want to bet 1%, you need 10,000. You don't really need 10,000. So let's say I told you, you're going to bet 1%, you need a 40% reserve. So now maybe you need 4,000 but you still use 1% of 10,000. Gotcha. But you do, if you do that, you have to keep in mind that you're, you're funding a legitimate business with ghost money. And that's practice. 
So you should have the cash before you go for the gold. Last piece of advice for people if we're talking about just getting started, okay? This is the best advice I can give. Use demo cash first, okay? Please, I beg you, I implore you. Particularly with sports betting, also works for trading. Bet on paper with pretend money. Give yourself whatever amount you thought you needed to succeed. If only I, because I've heard it all, my man. If I had 10000 I would have made money. If I had 25000 like you did, I'd make money. Oh, if I could bet big amounts, I'd make money. Here's news for you. If you can't make money with a hundred, you can't make money with a hundred thousand. Okay. Damn, hundred percent right. Before you get started, bet with paper. Okay. Hmm. If you're able to put together sixty days, ninety days, hundred and twenty days of profit, you go live. That's it. Right. And when you don't to start, which most people don't, and you should not be discouraged, but it doesn't have to cost you the money. Right. It don't have to cost you. That's the problem. People go in. I've seen it, it breaks my heart, man, because people think, you know, the way I am, you think it's all gonna be exciting. No, I, my personality is exciting. The work is boring as shit, you know? The <laughs> yeah, work yeah. is boring. Yeah. Being a sports handicapper is, is it's, it's, I don't wanna say it's not fun, I love what I do, but you gotta get rid of the emotion, you know, you just gotta separate. Like, mm. if, like if you're gonna get into betting also and, you, and you're gonna pace and you pace about bets and, no, 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 no. What, last piece, last great piece of advice. Okay, because this I, this I got from my mentor in trading, but it also applies to sports betting. If you're affected emotionally by an outcome, you bet too much. Mm, I like that. I love that. How much should I bet on a game? Exactly the amount you could go to sleep while it's on. That's how much. Right. And when you use 1%, like I do, although actually I shouldn't mislead. Um, my specific rules, if people want to know, my specific rules – I never bet more than 1% on an outcome, and I never bet more than 2.5% in a night. We're talking about total stack. Okay. You know, and, and again, that's what I've developed. And you don't – again, this is, I don't just throw these numbers out of there. These are professionally researched. Uh, once you get over the 25 threshold, it begins to affect your, your rate of ruin, and you have to be careful how a losing streak then can really be detrimental. Ah, uh, gotcha. If you keep these numbers where I'm talking about, you almost don't care. Dude, I go on losing streaks and don't care. You know what I mean? It, it is gotcha. what it is. It's yeah. what it is. Gotcha. It is what it is. I, I, what do you want me to do? I, I, I can't tell you that I'm going to win every day. It doesn't work that way. What we can do is manage our money in a way that we, that's, again, not saying we don't care, but I'm just saying I don't let it work me up. You got right. issues. You deal with it before the game starts. Do it in your analysis. You know, change the amount you're betting. Change the style of betting. But uh, pacing and screaming about bad calls. Listen, maybe this ain't for you then. You know? Right. Try there's, a lot of em- there's a lot of emotional discipline and a lot of self-auditing that goes into it. You know, you have to really be critical of yourself. And I am so – I'm my own biggest critic, you know. At, but as long as you're willing to work on – to identify and work on those flaws, I think you get somewhere. All right, what else before we go? What else? That's it, Johnny Boy. All right, woo! How do we do? Right. I think we did good, man. We did phenomenal, buddy. I really appreciate you. You know, I that love it. Awesome. I, I, you know, I just, it's, I just wanted to, I always make sure every guest understands and knows how much like I appreciate because we we're all busy in our life. You know, we really, we have stuff going on. You got tons of stuff. And, and when people want to sit down and, and talk to me and I just feel honored, like, and grateful about that. Like, I think it's a great opportunity to just become smarter in life about so many things. And I really appreciate it, dude. Like, no doubt. I like, it. I love it. I love it. I'm glad you actually said that last part because 
Uh, for me, I, I don't. I feel like I can't help you improve your baseball game without helping you improve your life. Right. Because that, the, the that's things- one of the things I always locked in with you. You know, like I said it prior, but again, the same thing is like you could tell how much you care through your work and through your you know, like energy, enthusiasm, and I you know, live, like I you, live to help people. I know, and, and I, I love it, that. I don't, mean, I don't mean to make it sound like I, because I'm not like some like you know off in the the hoity-toity kind of I'm off in the astrology stuff and chi and karma. I just believe good out is good in. 100% and, man. Man, I, I really, I have such a crazy past and I'm lucky to be here. Right. And I, I'm, I'm grateful for everything in this life, man. 100%. I hate, I hate people that take things for granted or are spoiled. 100%. Life right. can end at a snap. Enjoy every bit of it. Rob, I enjoy everything about it. You know what I'm saying? It's weird. Embrace. I just embrace life and i love to give and i love to it comes back to me i can't dude people trip over themselves to help me and it's so flattering it's so flattering and i don't i don't i don't keep the score you know what i mean i just do i just do i just do i'm just me and hey it's paid off so if that's the last piece of advice to people think about maybe trying to get into it yo take the regulator off the race car you know get in there buckle the belt Hit the gas, yo, and go, and step on the gas, and go, and just go. Just do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. I had my head down for 12 months, and when I looked up, I'm working at The Athletic, and I'm like a part of the industry, you know? And now, Amazing, like, it's, man. man, I talk to professional beat writers. I'm talking to this person and that person. I just did a, a podcast with Eric Rosenthal. This guy's got, you know, quarter million social media followers. Like, you know, you could do it, man. You could do it all on your own. I know. You know, I love how you said that because it's at the time, you know, there's so much opportunity out there. You know, if you have something that you want to push forward with, just do it. Put your head down. Like you said, go, go, go full speed at it. This is something, you know, like just getting into the podcasting and the content creating the same thing. I felt the same way. I was like, okay, like, let's just do it. Like, instead of just thinking about it, just do it, try it. And, and even, you know, and even if you don't have many listens at first, you don't have many followers, that doesn't mean anything. Like if you have a couple of people that keep telling you, Oh, I really like your stuff. Like, you know, okay, keep doing it. You know, like this goes for you and all the other people that might be in this boat. Remember what you said about listeners is a hundred percent true. You're building a portfolio of work. Okay. Without you knowing, people are going to be reviewing your stuff. Mm-hmm. Go at every single episode, every single article, like it's for the award. It's for the championship. I Listen, that's one thing. I never mail it in. I never mail it in. I did Cork Stats 51 days in a row, and I felt like episode 51 was at 100 miles an hour the same way the first one was. You know? Oh, yeah. Because it, it it's mine. You know, it's right. mine. And, and that's what I mean. You know, don't. You gotta love the work, man. You have to love it. You have to love what it is. Yeah. If you don't and you love what it, it. Is, either change it or do something else. Just embrace life. Wake yeah. up with oh, a smile man. on your face, with some excitement, with some enthusiasm. Don't be miserable. Just wake yeah. up and get at it. You know, if that's think it. It's corny. I'll tell you what. If, if if you think what we're talking about now is corny, it's what that's part of what's holding you back. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Great point. 100%, John. I really appreciate you coming on. Dude, that was the best, man. Thank uh, you. Yeah, I really do. So we're definitely going to do this again. I want to tackle a whole bunch of best ball stuff. Rate, and review, and subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe, Johnny boy. I really appreciate your time, man. Oops, Enjoy your rest of the day. <laughs> again, oh, yeah. Let him know. Let him know where you are. Listen, uh, for, you know I mean, MLB moving averages any time of day, any day of the week. I'm at the FTN Network and pumping out cork stats like crazy. I'm doing some football stuff. 
I, 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 I love football. I do. It's kind of becoming hard for me to show, man, my, my heart is baseball. It really right. is. I'm like, I can't wait for football to end or to start doing baseball stuff again. I'm already, I'm on podcasts and I'm, I'm talking about it. I'm getting back on turn two. Like baseball just goes 12 months a year for me. Best balls are going on. Draft champions are going on. Like it's my heart and soul, man. So awesome. if you want anything with baseball, you get it. Me or Rob, we'll be up in the middle of the night. We'll let you know. Amen, Johnny boy. All right, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your day and uh, talk to you soon, John. All right. All right. Thanks. Alrighty guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pole Hitter Podcast. I hope this episode was informative and helpful to you in any way going forward. What I really love about John is, like I said in the podcast, his enthusiasm, his passion for life and for helping others. He's just a genuinely good person and I feel like everyone I've been talking to so far on the podcast is just really good. It's such a great community, fantasy baseball community. I'm so glad I'm, I got involved with this and... Super grateful and blessed that people want to spend an hour or two listening to my podcast. It's really something special. I thank everyone for listening. I hope I can keep providing some great content and keep the listening going. And once again, it would be really helpful if you want to give the show a rating or a view on any platform. Or, you know, just hit me up on Twitter at Deadpool Hitter and we can have some conversations about baseball um, and life and whatever you would like to talk about. And with that, be kind to each other, love one another, and be good. Thank you.